0: Hello, and welcome back to They Made Another One, where each week we discuss an off-forgotten installment in a franchise, and see if you should check it out for yourself. I'm one of your hosts, Corey, and would you like
1: me, even if I wasn't a girl? And with me, I've got Liam. It's you again, huh? You know, I really want to be left alone. And Mitch. I know what you are. Say it. Out loud.
2: Say it
3: vampire
2: i hate you (laughs) i hate you so much that's from twilight that is is unequivocally
0: from twilight what i will say i briefly considered quoting ronald reagan to the point where i wrote it down (laughs) at the beginning of the movie where he says our nation too has a legacy of evil with which it must deal update ron you did a bad job (laughs) didn't go great. Did you know the second you didn't have a quote that you were just going to do the Twilight thing?
2: Who says I didn't have a quote? This was planned.
0: Right. It was planned. Of course. Of course. Just like we drew it up. Just like we drew it up back in the factory. We nursed it. Rehearsed it. We're back. We're back. We're so back, as the kids are wont to say. Or maybe the adults. I don't know if that's like a... I don't know what generation is, is... dunked on for saying we're back. But we are. Uh it's been a couple weeks. The holidays got in the way, I suppose, of our ability to plan a sound logistics schedule.
2: Yeah, they often get w- get in the way of what really matters, you know?
0: Which is doing this show. Yeah. It's more important than seeing our families or like you know, exchanging gifts with loved ones or seeing friend any of that dumb shit. It's mostly about doing this podcast.
2: Yeah, it's all about sitting in my living room and talking into microphones.
0: Yeah, while a silent Laserdisc plays.
2: Yeah, yeah, we got A Star is Born on the screen tonight. One that we've covered on the pod, no less. Oh
0: my God, an incredible film, if you forgot. yeah, Um, We're back. It's a new year. Um, We are entering the fifth year of this show existing. We haven't hit the five-year anniversary (sighs) yet, but we're approaching it, and that's shocking. For a wide variety of reasons. Not least of which because high school and university were each only four.
1: <laughs> yeah, we outlived them. We we could have been the soundtrack to someone's, the entirety of someone's high school experience. And then some, yeah. And then, and then some. whatever mistakes they made the summer afterwards. That's really what I would love to be the soundtrack of. Because yeah. I, I remember very strongly the things that I did. And the things that I experienced in the year of making mistakes after high school. I'm going to talk about many of them tonight, actually. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Was that a planned inclusion or? Like, I knew I would talk about them, but I, I hadn't. I. Uh, you just bringing up the, this is the mistakes after high school is, is convenient. Yes. Is vampirism one of those mistakes? The vampirism in this movie certainly is. Intriguing. Mm-hmm. It's one of the mistakes. Interesting. Um. Did you You took a full year, right? I did. I took a full year. Um, I knew what I was going to do after that year the whole time because I applied to university in, like, September. Okay. And then I would have got in... I don't know when... I don't remember when they send out letters as to if you got in, maybe, like, a little bit after the w- Christmas or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I still got, like, eight months of being, like, I got this date where I'm going to go to university, but until then, I am just going to do hey, whatever I feel like.
0: I think that's a really smart approach. That's something... That's something that I think would have been bad for me, but I get it. Oh, you think you'd get into drugs? No, I don't think that would have been the thing. I think if I was going to get into drugs, I would have gotten into drugs when I was like 13, when a bunch of other people I knew were getting into drugs. That was probably going to be it. Um, So if it wasn't then, then probably not. But um, I think my bigger concern would have been when I got to university, I immediately... uh, hated it, and, like, had a bit of, like, a bit of uh, a freak out sort of. Like, this is
1: what happened? This isn't, like, this theoretical? Is, this, this is, is true. Is, yeah.
0: This is... I got to university, um, moved in, got settled, did not like it at all, thought I was making a mistake, wanted to leave, was, like, freaking out, was, like, crying and having a bad time, and uh, my parents were basically just like, "Now nah, you gotta, like, stick this one out, pal. Fucking figure it out, okay? And, uh... Boy, am I glad I did because the alternative was go back to my fucking hometown and just sort of sit there and uh then a I don't know what would have happened after that but uh none of the good stuff I like in my current
1: version of my life would have I'll tell you that for free so uh made the right call. So you think had you taken a year off in between you wouldn't have gone to university you would uh,
0: have I, w- I don't th- yeah or at least like I probably would have also like gone for something else. Like, I ultimately think I made a lot of the right decisions by forcing myself to not make the wrong ones. If you get what I mean?
2: Yeah, I also think that I could have benefited from a gap, but I didn't do that. And I likewise, I feel
0: like a lot of the things that I have to be grateful for are because I didn't do that. Yeah, I needed to just sit down and like get into it and just deal it
2: gets spooky when you start playing alternate history what if we what if i didn't where would i be
0: yeah well and i was also a kid who was not good with change so then still kind of being a kid and then throwing myself into the biggest change my life had ever had i didn't adjust great right away um but i think forcing the adjustment was the right call i don't think i would have uh like most people i knew left like it probably wasn't going to be a great decision to be the dude that stayed, especially given that I was like the academic type to just put that off for no reason. Seems like a bad call. I also was dating someone at the time who stayed and a big tension point. in the thing that ended that relationship was that I left and she didn't. So then had I stayed, who knows what, like that would have been a whole other thing too. It is alternate history weirdness, but yeah, I, it, I made the right decision for me, but when people talk about the benefits that they got from waiting, like, I totally
1: understand it. But I probably wouldn't have had those. Yeah, totally makes sense. For me, the benefit was that um, I got the time to do a lot of the personal growth that I think had I not done beforehand, I would have... Ended up in a similar situation that you did early on in university, and I might not have stayed. Okay. Because even even when I got there, I, I found it, I found it, I found it uh, tough on occasion to to stick it out. And so, had I not had the year to prep, I think it would have been even harder for me. We would have,
2: have had stay. no pod.
1: There would have been no sure pod. Sure, not. Yeah. Ha, had we done things differently? Unless
2: we all waited.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I. uh,
0: I vividly remember standing outside the St. Patrick's building on campus, which is sort of in the middle of nowhere relative to like the downtown of the campus, if you get what I mean. And uh, having, I was either leaving or waiting to go to a film class. And I remember basically just having a panic attack into my phone at my mom, insisting that it was like the worst decision I had ever made, and I needed to leave. And just essentially being talked off the ledge, and then like not longer after that, having essentially the same conversation with my dad in basically the same spot, and needing to be talked off it again. Like Damn, this film class, it was uh, no good. It was uh, no, the class was great. Yeah. Um, but it was a tumultuous opening couple of months for me, and I, I don't know if it showed but I think it was probably tumultuous for a lot of people for a variety
1: of reasons, but, uh, tell me about it. I was, yeah, I was, I was in the trenches, bro. Um, but it worked out. It did work out. So if you're in high school right now or in your first year of university or something, any year of university, listening to this pod and having a tough time, it very well might work out.
0: Yeah. I would say the lesson you should take from this is not force yourself to do it if you're miserable, but if you do, there's lots of good that can come from that but there's obviously like a harm threshold where it's like if you're like dying in there you know there's there are valid justifications for leaving I just didn't really have any of them other than not liking change and being stressed and being uncomfortable but like that's everybody or maybe it's not but it felt like it was these are heady thoughts but it's the start of a new year so maybe we're just sort of Feeling retrospective. Any resolutions for the pod? For the pod, more genero. <laughs> like eighty to a hundred percent. So more how genero. how do
1: we reconcile this pod going forward if my resolution is less genero? Yeah, what if mine
0: is too? Uh,
2: we are a democracy.
1: <laughs> we are a democracy, right? I mean, well, I must said demography. I named jingle the show. all the way too hurt, bro. That wasn't even a genero. What the, do I have to complain us. about? That was just us. All right, being then, stupid. then. Then I guess so my I New, year's to, New, New, New Year's resolution is to just be has less, less us stupid. Picking, yeah,
0: and then I win. Uh, no you you, don't. you piece of shit The fuck I'm you I'm pointing at Mitch No <laughs> Um
1: No I think my <laughs> Well I guess Jingle all the way two Was on the general And we picked from it So I, I do blame the general In that we... it never should have been on there Yeah
2: Maybe we just need to Clean the list up and, It does
0: know? need It does need a we new need year's cleaning it yeah. does. Yes. Bill, Bill's been sending us messages Bill Castle My good personal friend Ah yes Um Saying that maybe It's getting a little Rough around the edges in there it's it the machine's chugging along. Maybe we need to get it running a little more smoothly.
2: I'm down to throw in some real stinkers on it too. Yeah,
0: I think part of the beauty of it is that we risk catastrophe, mm. but we can't welcome catastrophe. We can't
2: face catastrophe on a weekly basis.
0: No, that's like that's what wars are for. Mm-hmm. And you know, and we, I'm not in those.
2: <laughs> no, but like we do, we do. I mean, there have been weeks where we have had just had back to back stinkers.
0: Yeah, and that that might continue to happen. I think an actual resolution I'd have for the pod is like try new stuff out.
2: I think seeing more new stuff as well. We were kind of discussing this yeah, earlier. I guess literally and figuratively
0: new one. I think more new releases would be interesting. Yep. Yeah. As they come out, like being timelier, mm-hmm. which I know runs sort of counter to all forgotten installment, but like we fudge those numbers all the time. Um, oh, oh yeah.
2: I, I play hard and fast with the yeah, rules.
0: I think uh, watching stuff on other formats, like we have the VCR um, I need to get it tuned up. We have the laser disc. Like, I think maybe trying out like viewings that we do and like mm-hmm. exploring, seeing stuff in less pristine forms might be fun. I
2: um, would like to do more Manade masterclass videos and other other
0: leverage the Instagram. Yes, yeah, so we need to leverage our Instagram. Get too. Liam on the Instagram.
2: That's true. Liam doesn't doesn't do much on the Instagram. He he haunts it. Or he ha- he haunts the corners of the. It's crazy to say. He's the-
0: here, man. Not the you not just the described Instagram. him as a ghostly presence.
2: Well, he said he was a vampire earlier, so I mean, well. no,
0: he said he made a mistake once that may have involved vampirism as related to a movie.
2: Hmm. Okay,
0: that's different. Unless he admits later to something else, in which case, you know, say la vie, bro. Stay tuned. Some of sometimes you just do a little bit of vampirism. Uh, you quoted Twilight earlier. Uh huh. And we've had this conversation before vis a vis Dracula. Dracula. And vis a vis Nosferatu.
1: Perhaps some Fright Night Part 2. Fright Night Part 2. We have and discussed Fright Night or Fright remake. Night remake. a lot of vampire movies. There are, right.
0: I'm sure there's others. But it's n- probably worth doing a brief reiteration of vampire interest levels. Dare I say, our vampire stakes.
1: Because you. Yeah, yeah. You stake in the heart mm-hmm. stake. Yeah,
0: with the- a vampire. So, a vampire, it's a wooden stake and it goes in the heart. Nice. Vampire Steak. I got steak. that. I got that. Yeah. I like them well done. Really? Yeah. One laugh- side of ketchup? You laughed at that one. Yeah. I like, like, like Donald like- Trump? I like it in ketchup uh. leather, bro.
2: <laughs> no, I'm, I'm... I'm. It's the best steak. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a huge vampire guy. I, I've, you know, <laughs> read a lot of vampire literature, played a lot of vampire video games. You know Bram? I Bram? Yeah. Love him. Love him. Uh, no, but like, uh, you know, I love... Uh the like the Bram Stoker's Dracula, the book. I've seen so many adaptations. Vampire Bloodlines, The Masquerade, iconic game. Love that shit, even though it's broken as hell. Um, I'll, you, nev- I'll done, never like, forgive you, Activision, for what you did. Have you done the tabletop version? Like no, never. I've been vision? reading to. I don't I don't really do enough like tabletop gaming at all. Uh, but
0: I would like to. I had like my own. I had like, like, like a had, like, an, uh, a failed attempt at a DD game years ago.
2: Yeah. Um but yeah I'm 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 big vampire movie and, and media guy. And I know we've all had this discussion before, but what about the rest of you? I mean Liam might be a vampire. So he I have might to be. He's I only ever feelings. I only ever really see him at night nowadays. When we were in school together, I would see him in class if I wasn't skipping the class um, to do
1: some stuff. Well. To sleep in your coffin, you vampire? That's that's why I was that's, asleep. That's hearsay. That's hearsay, bro. I knew that when you said Dracool, it sounded too good. Dracool. Yeah, what are you, Transylvanian, bro? Oh, I wish. Yeah, I'll, I guess I'll talk a bit about how I think I feel about vampires. What excites me about being this deep into the podcast is that now anyone can go and click on any of these vampire movies that we've done um, years apart from each other. And hear this conversation, and I would be so curious if my... Uh, if we contradict ourselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, once I said I hated them, and then I was like, I, me, I go
0: way back with Yeah, vampires. totally. It could, very <laughs> well could happen. I, I guarantee you there are multiple instances that other people remember better than us of us wildly contradicting no, ourselves. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah.
1: Yeah. That's the human experience. None of us could ever be politicians with this podcast. Ever. Or we could be. They love I doing guess, that yes, shit. That's true, hey? That's true. Um, but I think I don't think I, I have a, uh, a particular draw to vampires. I mean, like a lot of subgenres of horror, I can think of examples that I that I really like and examples that I don't like so much. Um, but I think uh, vampires, they, they often lean into, um, of course, the supernatural, the fantastical, and uh, and the gothic um, stylings of horror. And none of those are particularly my favorite. You know, I, I think I tend to like stuff that just feels a bit more um, realistic. Um, even though, you know, vampires can be uh, so full of pathos and symbolism. I can uh, think of... Viscera. Um, totally, you know. So um, there's good stuff out there for sure. But... Uh, it's it's not it's not one of the types of horror where um whenever there's a new example of it I feel like I've I've got to yeah, see you it. didn't like run to go see yeah. Renfield
2: it's Interesting that you say that because I feel like I come down on the opposite side of horror where I go in for a gloomy graveyard and a mm-hmm. house that goes bump in the night and uh, ghouls and goblins and, and and you know the old universal gothic horrors and all the things that stemmed from those that's that's more my speed so yeah yeah it's a beautiful thing about the
1: genre
0: vamps no vamps what do you think cory i'm like big into playboy cardi that's my vamps bro <laughs> no but um shout out to all my vamps go listen to go run up the streams on a wildly popular song vamp anthem by playboy cardi <laughs> iconic but um, but um uh no i think i'm uh I think I'm probably closer to Liam. Not in like
1: unfortunate.
0: It's a boring place to be. (laughs) No, I just think I think I have stronger affinities towards like the gothic setting broadly, and like that sort of like supernatural tinge. Though I think that vampire stuff's like really easy to fuck up, and so I think like when it comes to seeing like examples of the genre or the style. Like, I'm not drawn to all of them because if I get, like, the ick off of it, like, off of a trailer or, like, the, the way they've bent rules mm-hmm. or implemented lore or whatever, like, I'll just sort of be like, I don't need that.
2: And that's the thing with, like, with, um, I guess, horror, but also, like, vampire movies is just that they are so broad you know yeah like there's there's so many different kinds and and but they all operate i think or or in theory they all operate with like the select rules that the vampire lives within right yeah i think rules are crucial to making it work i think so and well some of them bend them better than others like with vampires that can go out in in the daylight and stuff like that yeah
0: and like i i do i do think that as of now i would argue that like twilight for example, because we've already talked about it today, is like an interesting example of rule bending. Yeah. Uh, like, I think She's a, just sort of doing whatever with the lore. Yeah. And I think that's kind of fun.
2: It's an interesting, I think, like benchmark or in the in the genre of vampire movies, right? Like um, yeah. it takes it in like a different um kind of soapier like teen direction. Yeah. But, which is cool. Which is cool. Yeah. You know, it's, it's so
0: counter to like nosferatu the vampire with like Werner herzog just doing the most like nature is yeah evil
2: like, and he is an abomination
0: yeah and also just like <laughs> the the shame of the human condition is to hate him though he is monstrous like it's all just like
2: <laughs> yeah and i think with how different movies uh tackle vampirism as a curse is interesting especially i think with this movie um,
0: right the, oh yeah the thing we're talking about today yeah
2: <laughs> but but I think that like um, like there's room for sympathy uh, for vampires and people afflict with vampirism in a lot of movies and then other times they're just like cannon fodder like what's that John Carpenter movie with James Woods where they're killing all the vampires at daylight I forget or like look at like dust till dawn or something like that yeah um, and those can still be fun yeah but like you, but you, they're very different they're very uh, huge departure right yeah. where, where vampirism is not so much as a curse but
0: just like I um, I think vampire stories work best on a smaller scale than those i like those movies i should say smaller scale is maybe not what i meant um i think i like it best when it's um one on one ish or like uh limited scope of interaction between characters yeah is maybe more what i meant Mm -hmm. so which i also think um more the style of this movie uh which is let me in which is a remake of a Swedish movie. Yeah. Let uh, the right one in. Yeah. And have you guys seen Let the Right One In?
2: I often pretend to have seen it, but I've only seen it in part. Okay. That's
0: relatable. I think everybody listening (laughs) to this podcast, the amount of stuff that I've just said I've seen because it's easier than telling the person I haven't seen something popular. I do it all the time. Instead of because I don't want the holy. You haven't seen this. what? Like I don't need that, dude. I'm 26 fucking years old. I'm. But I'm this tired. is a safe
1: place from that. We won't do that to you.
0: Yeah, well, I haven't seen the let the right one in, but like I've never been chastised for that either. Mm-hmm. Um, have you seen let the right one in? Many times, yeah. Okay, I want to ask a question. Maybe it's too early to ask it, so I'll just plant the seed now. Let the right one in, and let me in. Are similar sounding titles with to me wildly different implications for what they actually mean.
2: One one gives you a kind of choice that there are others that you might be letting in.
0: <laughs> right, but I just I think that the decision implied by let the right one in versus let me in and the stakes for the people involved in that decision strike me as wildly different and I'm curious if the movies feel as though they relate to their title phrasing more like one versus the other like if let me in does anything to communicate that title and justify the change over being let the right one in if you get what i mean
1: it's a great question and i think it totally does i think um the titles are pretty pretty apt here um let the right one in as a title, sort of, to me, reads as if it's sort of uh, coming from an omniscient. Omniscient? Is that the word? Omniscient? You said they're both right. Tomato, tomato. Um, an omniscient perspective where it's like a, a sort of a. A piece of wisdom passed down from who knows, yeah. saying, this is what you should do in order to have a prosperous life. You, you need should to be stay careful. in university. And you, you, <laughs> and you are the one with initiative. It's up to you to decide who the right one is. Figure that out. Yeah. You let that person in. Whereas, let me in is is like a first person title. You're being of besieged course. from the outside. That's right. Like someone is saying, hey, I need
0: this. It's also the, let li- me in. It's also
2: the line of dialogue from the movie. I guess, in a way. Sort they do. Of. They
0: do outright. Can you let... Yeah. Let me in. Can I, You have to say it. Yeah. yeah. Say it out loud. Um, obviously, we'll get into that more. But having not seen the original, this is one of the few instances where, because we had a scheduling delay, I didn't watch this movie at the same time you guys both did for the pod. Um, I waited until yesterday, because I knew I had time. And I spent those weeks vigorously debating in my own head if i should watch them both or not because i have wanted to see the other one too and i was like should i is that gonna cast too much of a shadow over my take on this i didn't know how similar or different they were um and the titles were different so i wasn't sure like if that meant like big departure or no dep- whatever Um, And I decided that, frequently enough, I am the person who sort of didn't see anything else, that I just went with that. And I had assumed that at least one of you would have seen it to kind of ground us there. But, uh, yeah, I had a real, like, push and pull on, like, should I just take the time and watch it or not? I'm going to, um, now that I've seen this one. But uh, I wasn't... It was a battle.
1: Yeah, I mean, I can't say... I can't say you made the wrong decision. I don't know that you let the wrong one in there. I am very curious to hear what you think of the original now, having seen this. I think my suggestion probably would have been to have watched the remake first, just okay. so just so you're pure on it. You know, yeah. you just go in. That's the movie we're talking about. You might as well watch it first. And unlike a movie like Old Boy, which we did on the podcast, Old Boy sort of a lot of the punch of it is like on. Experiencing the twists that that movie has, and it's like once yeah. you experience the twist in that story, it's not going to hit as hard when you watch the original. This movie doesn't really have that. Yeah, where I think you can you can watch the remake first, and then you can watch the original second, and I don't think the original will be hampered at all. And so I am curious, yeah. you know, if you had if you had watched the uh, the original maybe a little bit after Let Me In, but still before the Pod, I think that would have been all right. But yeah, um,
0: I will reiterate quickly um watching the western remake of old boy before i had seen old boy for the show is maybe jingle all the way to included maybe the worst decision i've ever made on the show sure i think well so many
2: western remakes are just superfluous
0: the old boy remakes just straight up bad yeah and real old boy's good like really good oh it's excellent yeah um and the remake does so many similar things but it's all so shitty (laughs) <laughs> like it's
2: unbelievable i mean what was the the vanishing
0: for example that's another example of a, of a western remake yeah that's, dog, that's a dog shit the vanishing feels like a movie that is in conversation with this or we could do that uh, perhaps like, maybe the format and the remake structure and sort of like uh not dissimilar i think also to funny games which is like yeah. we've taken okay. a very european sort of lens yes. and re-pivoted it over to we made an american guy do it
2: although although in the case of in the case of uh, funny games and the vanishing same director both times
0: yeah i guess that is a notable yeah change but uh in the little bit of reading that i did do in between watching the movie and now i do gather that the original and this are like stylistically similar
2: from what I remember from the original, sure. It's, yeah. it's been a long time. But
0: knowing that... Because the other directors obviously didn't stray too far from their own sensibilities either when doing the Vanishing and Funny Games. So, like, those are, like, borderline shot for shots. Whereas I don't know if this is, but... Um, they, got, they probably got yellow lights in Sweden. <laughs> Liam's
1: smirking like he knows something. Well, it's just... <laughs> <laughs> um... Did you like? Did you see the original Vanishing and Funny Games? And I've like, seen the original Funny Games. I have not seen the original, the original
2: Vanishing. Vanishing. Is a is a quite a departure.
1: Yeah, I'm just I'm just thinking of it as like you know how just like a few minutes ago you said that Funny sometimes Games is quite similar. Oh, I
2: shouldn't say the original is the departure. The remake's the departure. The yeah. original's
0: great, but wasn't uh, Funny Games is like shot for shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. I'm at least remembering that right. But uh,
1: yeah, I would say the Vanishing and this are pretty different the vanishing more so and you can hear me be angry about that on the on the episode um, fucking jeff uh let me in and let the right one in i think if you were to just skim through the movies like literally with your player you just timeline. skim through yeah. i think you would think this seems like a pretty similar like, movie superfluously but, but similar. In, pr- in practice the differences while subtle are make a whole lot lot. of difference they add up to the
0: justification of like a philosophically significant title change yes okay yeah interesting okay cool uh last thing i'll say before i do cast and crew and then we can just get in the only critical assessment i had before watching this movie was from our friend dave and dave said he fucking hated it and the only thing i knew was one guy i knew hated it (laughs)
2: Did he say that he had seen the original, or just I don't? No,
0: definitely not. Okay, Um, but had watched it in the last six months. Really didn't like it, and that fell asleep during it. Even he didn't didn't tell
1: you that, but he 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 only saw like the first half or something.
0: That's crazy. Also the, wow. But um, yeah. So I was like very. I entered this trepidatiously. Because we've seen a lot of bad remakes, and the one thing I had been told
1: was that this is one of those. That's very interesting. That after thirteen years, that's the only part of this movie that that got to you, because it was a it was a big movie when it came out, and like Stephen King even went on record saying this was his favorite movie, ho- favorite horror movie in decades. It was kind of a big deal. But that was, lest we forget. That was peak.
0: I'm not doing horror, right? Yeah, you know, yeah, in yeah. my own life, and, mm-hmm.
2: and when this movie came out, like that was around the time that I really got into movies, and I can remember reading a lot of like glowing praise from this movie. Like I know Ebert really liked it. Uh, Corey was telling me Mark Kermode didn't, which is uh, yeah,
0: Mark Kermode. And the reason that got me interested in, in trying to figure out how similar the two are is he, I don't remember this word for word, but the assessment was essentially like it was like the most unnecessary, like superfluous samey remake he had like ever seen and you would have read that after seeing the movie i did which is why i'm just i'm curious enough to go want to see the other one mm-hmm. and again the philosophical angle seems different yeah it's really cool
1: that you've picked up on that okay. yeah, that's i mean true.
0: just the two phrases are so different like i know that actually i'm not even gonna say that i don't think that you could present those two things to any person and have somebody assume they mean the same thing mm-hmm. like Matt Reeves went out of his way to call it something
1: else. There has to be a reason for that. Like I know, and I think, you know, I've heard people criticize the movie for that, being like, um, here's an example as to how this movie is more boneheaded than the original. Just look at the title. But a title is, is a very intentional choice, and... Um, so I yeah, think that the title the, is... for the title to reflect the movie, perhaps it does seem uh, um, like it's uh, less inviting of a statement and is a statement that has, like, less nuance to it. If that reflects the movie, if the movie also doesn't have that nuance, perhaps that is an intentional decision and not just a misunderstanding of, of what the movie should be. That
0: also strikes me, and I'm talking out of my ass a little bit here having not seen it, but that strikes me as a little bit of, like, original movie favoritism regardless of your opinion of the quality of this movie where it's like the people who made the remake can make those editorial decisions that's the entitlement you get when you remake a movie you can do that so like even better or worse yeah even if you don't like it like i think saying like this is inherently shallower and worse because they changed it is like a really narrow way of thinking about it um regardless of whether it's good or bad like if they called the vanishing the disappearance or whatever and like wanted to try to make an argument that they were trying to do something different. It's like, yeah, I hear them out. They're trying something humorous games. They were really going for it. Um, but, uh, <laughs> jovial activities, <laughs> goofem ups.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this one's got NASCAR in it <laughs> a day at the track. <laughs> hanging out with my dog and also some other stuff. (laughs) Parentheses, try not to laugh.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Parentheses, hard. (laughs) So, uh, speaking of uh, Matt Reeves, he directed this movie. You might know Matt Reeves from a wide variety of very popular films, um, including Cloverfield and The Batman. And two of the four... Planet of the Apes remake remakes.
1: <laughs> oh, that's right. Because
0: um, wow. there's 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 Planet of the Apes, and then he did Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, and like War for the Planet of the Apes, mm-hmm. and then there was another one, and now they're doing Kingdom of the Planet of the I,
2: Apes. I was never Planet of the Apes pilled, but apparently I, those
0: movies are good.
2: I've heard mixed things, but I was like I said, I have no a dog in that good. fight.
1: Yeah, I, I'm I'm just now being reminded of those and kind of being surprised we haven't done them on the pod. I followed all those movies in the theater. There's was a new a one coming. We could catch
0: up time mm. just in time for a uh, kingdom of the planet of the apes, which is a fun, I really like really, I'm going to get to the point, but I really like that. They took planet of the apes and instead of subtitling it, like they turned the titles into a sentence format. Essentially. <laughs> I genuinely think that was smart like dawn of the planet of the apes war for the planet of the apes whatever of the planet of the apes like i think that was a really good idea like that writer deserves praise for coming up with that
1: and i don't know if it was matt reeves or somebody maybe it was matt reeves (laughs) trying to get in people's good graces after they shat on him for the let me in title but i also saw people shit on the planet of the apes titles yeah well like why they were people were saying like why do the do the does the planet of the apes rise before it dawns that's what the other one was. <laughs> you can't
2: you. make all the people happy all the time. That's one thing that we've learned with this pod. We it's always disagree with each other. But and Andy Serkis was and you're not. talking
0: about in those alien, in those ape movies. Let the right ape in. Let let Caesar in. Is it Caesar that is Andy Circus? Is his name Caesar? Maybe mm-hmm. I know yeah. a little bit about those movies. Look yeah. at me go. Yeah. <laughs> Haven't seen them, but uh, I'm trying. Uh, not to be confused with the Mark Wahlberg one that has Paul Giamatti in it, playing an orangutan.
1: Dang, that one I have not seen. The Tim Burton one, <laughs> yeah, Gothic King. Maybe that's why I avoided it.
0: Um, also, Matt Reeves wrote Under Siege Two: Dark Territory with Steven Seagal, which I've talked about before. Matt Reeves also wrote this movie. Uh, credited alongside him is John Avide Lindqvist, who wrote. Let the Right One In And also the book
1: Yes it's Let based, right it's based on, on a book yeah. yeah
0: And then I think He also wrote the movie Like I don't think He just got book credits like,
2: Nobody here has read the book right I have read the book You have Oh, I'm a super fan
0: I should have asked I didn't even think to ask <laughs> Did you read the book Before or after the, the movie After After which movie uh, The Swedish one n- It would
1: have been Both of them Okay Are you yeah. gonna
2: say The book's the better of, of all of them
1: Probably There was a time When I would have said It was my favorite book Huh I think it's an incredible book but I also think um is it translated is it written in Swedish and translated? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um but I also think that uh, the original movie is an incredible movie so I think they're, they're kind of um, they're both uh, both very respectable but I do think that the the book was my is my favorite experience of all three. He's a great writer in general. After after reading that book, I read a few of his other books. Um he's a really really interesting guy and the book if anyone is into the, the uh the original at the right one in movie the book is a hard recommend because it uh it is it is exactly the story of the movie but then like so just more thorough and more of it um but it, it it just it elicits the exact same feeling that dude I he spies on so many more horny parents <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: yeah in- incredible book um
0: Nice. I don't read enough to be, culture enough to be reading, like, sweet translated Swedish horror books, but maybe someday. Um, This movie's edited by Stan Salfus, who edited the aforementioned ape movies, and also Now You See Me Too in Venom Let There Be Carnage. So there's some more podcast fodder for us. I will say, having seen the first Venom movie, but not Venom Let There Be Carnage, Tom Hardy is having the time of his fucking life- in those movies and it's pretty fun
1: yeah yeah i i really like that first venom movie the second one not so much he's got such a weird relationship with venom
0: it's like a really weird dynamic that yeah. they have it's, it's like a buddy comedy it's film. really <laughs> bizarre um the cinematography is by greg fraser or maybe Grieg fraser i don't it's there's it's g-r-e-i-g so i wasn't sure uh he shoots a ton of fucking movies. And I would like to give him credit for a ton of movies that are allotted specifically for how they look, um, including recently the creator that, um, John David Washington movie with the robots in it, which Mm -hmm. the one thing I heard about it is that it was beautiful to look at. Um, the Batman, a bunch of the Mandalorian, uh, some of rogue one killing them softly. Zero dark 30. The man shoots movies. Um, also, the music is by Michael Giacchino. He's famous enough that I didn't even bother. He's got so many fucking credits. We all know who Michael Giacchino is. If you're listening, you probably know who Michael Giacchino is. And if you don't, you've definitely, definitely heard his music. So don't worry about it if you're not sure. Why do you look perplexed? I'm, I'm
2: blanking on who Michael Giacchino is. Ratatouille.
0: Oh, shit. Okay. For one. That's the first one that came to my mind. What else have you got? Uh, I didn't write them down. Huh. uh some a lot of pixar movies okay 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 um there's a live action one i'm trying to remember the name of that would help make my argument but i can't remember it because i didn't write them down egg on my face toy story 3 it's not live action but i think so yeah those, those effects
1: were so good yeah they like, fooled me looks like a real toy
0: <laughs> <laughs> um the cast we've got cody smith McPhee playing owen who you'll remember... This is the first time I've ever made this as big. I wrote Let Me In in his credits. Like, that's not what we're talking about. It is the first time I've ever done that. It's a weird... Anyway, he's also in The Power not of... Not a the good
1: d- sign for Let Me In. Anyway. It's a
0: forgettable film. <laughs> <laughs> you forgot you saw it. Anyway, he's also in The Power of the Dog. Um, He's in Dolomite in Is My Name, as well as Elvis, the Austin Butler one. Oh. Um, he was in X-Men Apocalypse... He's the voice of Paranorman
1: and Paranorman. Oh, that's a heater. He was, that's a Gothic heater right the, there. This guy
0: works so much more than I thought. I truly thought he just appeared from the sky in the power of the dog. I had I thought I had never heard of him before. Little did I know I had like seen him in multiple movies. <laughs> had no idea. And he's got a really distinct face, so I feel like it's weird that I forgot. but
1: well, had know. you seen any of his you'd seen his younger work as well? Well, I mean, I've seen...
0: Yeah, well, I've seen The Pirate Dog, obviously. I've seen The Road. He's in The Road. Mm -hmm. I've seen Dolomite Is My Name. His role's probably not big in that, but he's in it. I've seen that X-Men movie. I haven't seen Elvis, but I don't know how big big his role in that But is. I'd seen him in Round. He was doing stuff.
1: Yeah, I think he did did take a little bit of a break. um, Maybe, yeah. uh, Like, around his teenage years, because I can remember looking him up in, like... Like, did he fall off a cliff 2014, and he was, like, kind of, like, posting, like, little rap videos on YouTube. <laughs> and I was like, that's cool. He's just bopping around on YouTube. Yeah. Um, and then, so, when he started popping up again in, like, these bigger movies, I was kind of proud. That's cool. Um, Chloe Grace Moretz, someone
0: who never went away <laughs> after getting big, uh, plays Abby. Um, we've talked about her at least once before. I want to say twice, but at least once carrie
1: perhaps in passing oh, sure. but like we didn't that. do the carrie movie right so she would have just come up yeah but i don't think we've talked about a movie she was in I we haven't we dedicated had. an episode to we it. No, haven't
2: done kick-ass 2 or anything like no. that i would remember if we, we haven't had. done yeah.
1: tom and
0: jerry the movie or movie 43 which it would be funny if we did <laughs> yeah <laughs> the 43rd movie that's a good end of the year mm-hmm. movie 43 is a great candidate for that um she's also in all those the things i said but also um The Miseducation of Cameron Post, um, directed by Creep Actress. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. Who I have a t-shirt of. Creep 2. That's the ultimate redemption arc is I wasn't crazy about Creep 2, but then I was like, I'm intrigued by this person. And then she had directed multiple movies and I watched those and I liked them enough to then buy a t-shirt with her name on it.
1: That is cool. So you saw that movie? I did. Yeah, it was a good one. eh? Yeah. I really liked it.
0: Um shout out to Desiree Akvon for those. Um speaking of shout outs, shout out to my guy, Elias Codius. Hell <laughs> yeah. King
2: of Movies. King of Adam Magoyan films. <laughs> king of
0: Adam McGoyan films. Dude, I fucking love this guy.
2: <laughs> I love him. I, he's he's dynamite and everything.
0: He's in a ton of stuff, and I still think he's not been in nearly enough yeah. stuff. The- I would watch him in every movie that's ever been made
2: yeah or adam McGoin and david cronenberg movies he's so good in and, crash
0: yeah crash Ooh. he's in um the adjuster dude
2: oh brother oh, Not the, dude. the adjuster
0: uh <laughs> on the list um, bro hell yeah is he in the sweet Hereafter? i think so uh
2: he's in uh oh god so many he's in teenage uh, mutant ninja turtles he's in teenage
0: mutant ninja turtles one and three he's in exotica Zodiac. Oh, Exot-
2: How could I not mention Exotica? Yeah. He's so creepy in the that creepy movie. The creepy DJ. Yeah.
0: What did you say? Zodiac. Zodiac. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. in uh, Gattaca, which I forgot about. Okay, okay. Um, he's in Contact. He's in whatever Cyborg 2 is. <laughs> he was in The Haunting in Connecticut. Didn't know that it's kind of sick i think every movie he
2: is in is raised up because he's in it 100%. He's,
0: he's one of those character actors he that, can that, show up in trash and i'm stoked yeah i'm just like, stoked
2: to see him whenever he show, turns up and he turns up and, also, and really he consistently rarely is stuff. in bad movies truly he, no like, yeah i can't
0: think of many movies that he's in that i've watched yeah with the exception of stuff like tm and t3 and if but.
2: if he is in a bad movie it's a movie may be bad but he's always good yeah
0: He's also on like 108 episodes of Chicago PD. Yeah, he is. And he's good in it. I've not watched the show. I haven't watched that. I've, I've seen, seen him have. in that too. Yeah. yeah, he's
1: good. He's really good. One of the I, better characters. I love
0: Elias Codius, man. He's like my guy. We go way back. Back to those film classes, I was having panic attacks outside of Yeah. Um You we, what
2: did you that watch That was in late a film for class. That, that was like third or fourth. No, yeah, th-
0: I'm 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 fudging the timeline a little okay. bit for the sake of a joke, but no. Okay. In later in film school classes we would we did a fuck ton of Adam McGoyan movies. Well, we took right. a class
2: about Adam McGoyan. We did. The great uh, Canadian uh, film And maker. then
0: I missed the chance to meet him because I had to write an exam. <sighs> he came to the class? Yeah, dude. Wow. I met Guy in I still have one.
1: no clue who this guy is. Just he, I just hear you icon, guys talk about
0: Canadian him. icon director. Huh. Everybody, go watch the movie Calendar. I forgot about Calendar. That movie's so fucking good. That might be
1: the best movie ever made. No, <laughs> um,
0: I truly think that is my favorite Adam McGoin movie, and it's like the Black Sheep choice, which it I think is, is. It is the but like it's cool and weird and like plays with like identity and relationship dynamics and like attraction in really interesting ways and it's structured really oddly and it's short which makes it really easy to watch and it's photographed in a really unique way
2: yeah Cast I think, is
0: really limited I think Adam McGoin is in it like a lot <laughs>
2: he is he is yeah <laughs> I think that's, that's an interesting choice I think my favorite would probably be Exotica which I think is Exotica's more, got
0: the juice dude uh,
2: yeah it's just so good
0: Sweet Hereafter is great crushing it, film it is yeah
2: devastating the adjuster
0: is like a weird ass movie not enough people have seen that movie
2: it, it's so off the wall and i feel like just in the sense have of you? like how
0: it creates i haven't heard of any of these movies. you gotta man. see that movie you gotta see the adjuster the adjuster's brilliant you gotta also you should watch exotica too you yeah. know um you know uh fuck give me a second what is the stephen king one where the guy gets tied to the bed that's not misery
1: uh gerald's game the woman gets tied to the bed
0: yeah the Mm -hmm. adaptation of that that netflix did Mm -hmm. the actor the man
1: yeah i like him he's in a bunch of adam Adam mcgoin movies greenwood he's in a bunch of adam he's in exotica he's like like one of the main guys i like him
0: (laughs) cool that was a really long walk but i knew the connection would work once i got there
1: nice so this is a canadian guy oh yeah oh yeah one of our
2: one of the nation's best
0: what kind of movies are these like dramas
1: yeah but like they're
0: they're funny though they're and they're a little more like he's a little bit more of a cerebral guy than like a straight-ahead drama.
2: Yeah, he like, he's like a bit of a weirdo. It deals with like a lot of like how we process like memory and tragedy and and um, like the weird relationships that people develop with each other, like uh, just like, like trauma-informed social... relationships. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's great. Anyways, anyways sorry for we'll, leave, we'll call leave it. Leave it to the Canadian film school students to gush yeah, about This has been Adam <laughs> McGoan. This has
1: been CanCon hour yeah. with Adam <laughs> <Yeah>. McGoan. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he'll come on our podcast.
0: Oh my god. Oh my god. Make I, up I would for die. You missing talk it. his fucking ear off. I would die. Um we just won't talk about adoration and it's oh, fine. He's going to kick your ass. He's going to beat my ass. Yes. Or maybe he will He's got a uh, few movies with Amanda Seyfried too. Yeah. Which is interesting. She's cool. I like Amanda Seyfried because she does like one big movie every once in a while and then goes and does like four weird ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well,
2: I'm so sorry if you came for Let Me
0: In and you got out of the Oh, McCoy. we're about to talk a lot about Let Me we In, are, bit, we are. so it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, Kara Buono plays Owen's mom. You'll know her from Stranger Things, where she also plays a mom. Well, she Is she the one who is, has the hots for Billy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And also, she's hot, so I get it. Mm-hmm. Just two hot people hanging out. Um, She's also on ten episodes of Mad Men, apparently. <laughs> I don't know when. I don't
1: even remember that, and I've seen Mad Men. I've heard that's a great show. You like it that is show? That great.
0: Oh, I've also great heard show, it's a great yeah. show, and I had a professor recommend it to me like very vehemently, and then I watched like six episodes, and then I didn't have time in my life to like regularly sit down to watch like hour long television. But I'd like to get back to it. But I'd probably have to start from the beginning.
1: Yeah, I might end up watching it too because the the main do you want to Mad Men from- podcast? Yeah, we might have No to, one's done and that. And an Adam Agoyan podcast. Yeah, because the main girl from Gilmore Girls apparently has a stint on the show. Oh, nice! And Brianna really likes the show. What's and the so, actor's name? Uh, Alexis Bledel.
0: I thought that was going to help me like picture the right person, but it didn't at all.
1: She is in Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants two, which we might we have to do, that. do on the pod. I need to dive into her film career after I finish Gilmore Girls. I'll be, I'll be done. Surely you're almost there. Yeah, I'm about halfway through season six, listeners. So I can, I can give my full report probably in bonus four episode weeks. where you
0: just do a debrief on Gilmore Girls. Yeah, I'll I'm gonna to need that. to man. Um, Richard Jenkins plays Thomas, who's like Abby's
1: fake dad.
2: Let's, let's, again, another heater well, of, yeah, of a character. All, let's all, actor. all just
1: pause for a second and say. The movie that you think so of when you think three, of Richard two, Jenkins. Okay, okay, give me. A seat, I'm gonna me count sec. down.
0: They don't look anything up.
1: I'm not. I'm not. I'm not.
0: Three, Ready? two, one. Step, step Brothers. Dahmer. Dom, <laughs> step. The right answer is Step Brothers. You
2: say Dahmer? Yeah, only because I saw it. I, I didn't see it recently, but I, he gives such a memorable. Per- I don't like that show very much, but he gives a really memorable Who's performance he? as as Jeffrey Dahmer's dad. Mm. Oh, this and, is that new show? Yeah. Yeah, 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 I think he's really brilliant. And I think he's brilliant in most of the stuff he does. I mean, he's in so many of Guillermo del Toro's movies, like The Shape of Water. He's Nightmare great Alley. in. He's in uh,
0: Nightmare Alley, He plays the rich guy. Yeah. Who they, yeah, yeah, yeah. For what who it's they worth, place. I do earnestly think he's great in Step Brothers. He's great in everything. He's so good in yeah. Step Brothers. I'm, he's yeah, I've another never, I've consistently never
2: seen excellent character actor that, that just brings the, heat, brings the heat in this movie, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's in Silverado, which I have on the laser disc, Cabin in the Woods. Uh, which you
0: hate but i we, which I we do both hate. like he's not the problem in that movie's yeah. his energy episode is like, he's great. Is great in that yeah movie. he's yeah. he's like the elias Codius of the cabin in the woods yeah
1: <laughs> it is crazy though that he he kills it in all these dramatic roles so that for him to be so good in step brothers is just he's so funny he's incredible. hilarious yeah him and yeah.
0: like mary steinberg it is like a match made in heaven it's yeah.
1: so good um you're not a fucking dinosaur <laughs>
0: Yeah, you know, um, Speaking of actors I'm a really big fan of Dylan Minnette is in this movie Playing uh, Kenny the bully uh, <laughs>
1: That's what it says in the end credits <laughs> Kenny that piece of shit bully <laughs> In quotation marks Kenny that piece of shit bully. Um, He's obviously
0: in Don't Breathe Which you've heard me talk about at length On this show in the past He's uh, in the Scream reboot 13 Reasons Why goosebumps alexander and the terrible no good very bad day he's in prisoners he's in prisoner you may also know him from his extremely popular band so like it could also be that
2: yeah oh he's he's close to us in age like i think he's a year older yeah he's not yeah 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 he's
0: attainable yeah yeah yeah.
2: (laughs) definitely we we could all be him i have a
1: shot he's literally me either being him or being with him depending on how things go (laughs) Either I will, <laughs> I will love him and he will love me, or I will talented Mr. Ripley and <laughs> I'll steal his identity. Him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> another movie you haven't seen but know well, enough to reference.
0: Yeah, well, because I know it's kind of doing a talented Mr. Ripley yeah. thing.
1: I'm not talking shit. I haven't seen it either. It sounds cool though. Uh, Richie Coster plays Mr. Zorich. Uh,
0: he's in the Dark Knight. He's in the hit Michael Mann film Black Hat. Which a ton of people I follow on Twitter love, but got like critically derived. Apparently that's a cool movie. Apparently it's cool. You also remember Richie Coster in uh After Yang, which was apparently great, but I haven't seen it yet. He's an American gangster. Also, IMDB has started listing podcasts, like narrative podcasts. Oh, we have a chance, boys. Which for the record, I think is bullshit. Like, stop. we have to draw the line the internet
2: movie database yeah
0: but uh he is on a podcast with a title that i liked a lot so i included it he is on a podcast in which he plays dracula called mina and lucy's guide to slaying dracula it's a good title it's a great title it's an extremely good title um whoever came up with that had a great idea um jimmy jack's pinjack plays mark which is one of kenny's friends
1: jimmy jack's pin jack pin check. oh um he was an ender's game what's a pin check? i don't know dude it's his family and all they stand for
0: nikolai dorian plays donald who's the other friend of kenny's uh hat guy but not the older brother that's a different hat guy um the hat man the Hatman. took 12 <laughs> Benadryl, started seeing <laughs> N- Nikolai Dorian. <laughs> um, Sasha Baris plays Virginia, who lives across the window uh, and owns that dog, turns into a vampire, explodes in flames. She is in Hellraiser Inferno. <laughs>
1: wow i know right dude. back to the beginning and also episode. the
0: hangover trilogy all three of them
1: wow so right we were really to close to doing a uh, full filmography podcast on her Damn early on close.
0: she's in american pie i don't think she showed up for the reunion <laughs> um. she
1: couldn't make it to the reunion she was busy yeah dylan kennan
0: plays her boyfriend he's in a bunch of interesting stuff hell or high water which is a great movie sicario which is a great movie he was on better call saul He has a ton of roles where he plays like cops and soldiers and stuff. And then I needed to include this because it's the most confused I've ever been reading IMDb. He is credited in several of the NBA 2K games playing a character called Vlad the Impaler. (laughs) That's kind of vampy.
1: And that's on IMDb as well? Video games have been on IMDb for a while. How do you feel about that? I'm I'm sure you're more used to them, but just think about it as a concept. Because one day you'll be used to seeing podcasts as well. Conceptually not that
0: different. In the act of me looking for credits, I find the sudden appearance of podcasts annoying. I will get used to it. Yeah. Um, but why does the basketball video game have a guy called Vlad the Impaler in it? <laughs> Is he playing historical Vlad the Impaler? Like you those? You 20- don't want to know
1: what happens to the losing team. <laughs>
0: LeBron James will not win his next championship on account of being
1: skewered. <laughs> That definitely makes me want to play the game. Because, like, Tony Hawk's Underground, like, that got pretty narrative. You know, it's not yeah. just skateboarding. So if the, if the, if games the basketball games too. do yeah, that, too. There's, too. like, a story mode. I love that. The
0: story of basketball. It's the story of us all, if you think Hoop about dreams. it. dreams? Brett Del Blono plays Jimmy, Kenny's older brother. He's in Balls of Fury and also Oppenheimer. I forgot about that movie
2: for a minute.
0: Oppenheimer? Balls yeah. of Fury. <laughs> balls of fury is a, a christopher walken classic that's bro. a real trip with the guy from uh fanboys <laughs> i can't remember his name he's in a bunch the guy from fantastic Beasts 2 <laughs> i missed that one <laughs> you sure did and it sucked ass um chris browning plays jack who is one of the victims he was an outlaw johnny black that's why i wrote him down shout out to black dynamite that one's not out yet though. it is and we haven't seen it i know it's out we should watch it we should watch it okay um and also colin moretz plays the cashier at the arcade which is just chloe grace moretz's brother cool um and they look really cool in the movie they got like a whole it looks like they're wearing like ribbon in their hair or something i don't really know what the look is but it's neat it just Um, looks like he doesn't give a shit it's awesome yeah i love it this movie is about someone who wants to be let in yeah, it's about a lot of stuff, and it's simultane and it's also like fairly straightforward. But I'll do the simple version just so we can get going because it's been an hour, and we haven't really talked about the movie yet. Sorry, Eh, it's okay. Um, people want this now that we've been off there for two weeks. They they want this to be three they're hours. Hungry for us, like um, a vampire thinking, is for o- blood. over
1: Christmas. These guys must have been thinking a lot about Adam and I need to hear all <laughs> of it. <laughs> also, how do you think his name is spelled? Because it's not Adam. Oh, his first name? Yeah. <laughs> How do I think his first name Adam Yeah, is dude. Yeah, dude. Uh, well, now I hope it's A-T-O-M. Hell fucking yeah, it is. <laughs> wasn't, it, wasn't, yeah. <laughs> it, wasn't it because his
2: father was a nuclear physicist? Yeah, dude. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> Hell yeah. Adam Agoyan. He's that fucking he's guy. He's that dude.
1: He's
0: him. <laughs> he's the emulation, dude.
1: Wow. Yeah. <clears throat> Destined for greatness. Even A. D. A. M. Lagoyan is a great name, regardless. <laughs> like that's at- like a catchy Atom celebrity Mugodian? name. But to be A. Tom Agoyan, oh my god. So this
0: movie focuses on Owen, who is actually I should say it's in the mid eighties. They make that clear early because we have Ronald Reagan there. Um, but uh, Owen lives in a small apartment with his alcoholic mom in New Mexico. Where they did Oppenheimer. Remember? Huge. Los Alamos, that's literally where they did Oppenheimer. Where they did Oppenheimer. (laughs) Yeah, dude. Um. (laughs) And um, he is sort of like the loner kid in his community. It doesn't seem like there's a lot of other kids around, at least not where he lives. His parents are getting a divorce. His mom is some form of evangelical it seems Mm. some kind of religious fundamentalist takes it very seriously they have a bit of a fractured relationship he spends a lot of time by himself um two new people move into this apartment complex we have richard jenkins and chloe grace moretz very mysterious kind of a weird vibe she doesn't show up wearing shoes or rather she shows up not wearing shoes i guess how you would say that um and he's intrigued by that. We've seen him sort of intrigued by other people's relationships in the area.
2: She's never seen a Rubik's Cube.
0: She's never seen a Rubik's Cube. He's got a telescope. There's sort of a voyeuristic angle. We see that he's being bullied at school. This and that. Uh, as time progresses, we see... Well, there's like a cold open that sort of establishes uh, the severity of the situation. We see like the cop, played by Elias Codius responding to like a serious incident where a guy was brought in like severely burned and acid seen, wounds acid wounds after we learn later having like stolen a car and he appears to have jumped at the window of his hospital room and just died without saying anything to the police there's a daughter in the mix that they aren't sure about we learn later that this is um, Abby and Thomas and um, he has to go out kill people harvest blood and bring it back to her because they are vampires. She's a vampire. Well, she's, a va- she's a vampire. He's,
2: he's her thrall or vampiric he, familiar or he's something. He's helping. Yeah. He's but a
0: man. That is crucial. And yeah. I, yeah. But yeah, she is a vampire. He's like her aide. And I think the term is familiar. It doesn't matter. Anyway. And uh, crucially, she is a vampire and also 12. So there's that bit um, in Twilight where Kristen Stewart asks, how long have you been 17? And he just says, a long time. That line is basically in this movie as well. How long yeah, Twilight 12? beat him to it. I've been twelve for a long time, um, and their relationship, Owen and Abby's relationship, kind of develops into like a, a sweet sort of friendship at first, and then there's like a, there's like that youthful sort of like wistful romance angle because they're 2 they're both isolated coming and of come age together, coming of age kind of story. Um, but then the vampirism element gets wildly complicated after Richard Jenkinson's death and when he burns himself to not have to say anything to the police to out Abby as the vampire and then things escalate from there as Owen gets sort of wrapped further in, maybe into helping, we're not really sure, and then it progresses uh, as the police are sort of on them. I'll just leave it at that so we can get to the movie. Um, I want to start well no I want to start with Mitch yeah
2: with me okay
0: yeah I think so okay because I I feel like I know what Liam thinks I'm open to being wrong but I think I'm gonna know but I don't know with you
2: okay well I first saw this movie uh, over a decade ago with Cameron and our buddy Hugh. with the boys yeah oh, and Cameron's uh, in the basement of his family home. And Cameron our, you'll remember yeah, and this on w-
0: this show from interrupting it that one time and also Lady Snowblood.
2: From, yeah. From talking about uh, <laughs> also Sorcerer. Right.
0: Yeah. Of course. Um, and also just walking in.
2: Yeah. Just just walking in sometimes. But uh, so I watched it with him over a decade ago and I remember being like super fucking stoked over it. But I think there were so many things that didn't occur to me as like a young teen watching it. That like vampires uh, weren't Versus real. watching it now. And... Um, I just want to say that I love this movie. Um, but I, I really, uh, there were so many things that didn't occur to me at the time that I watched. It. And I think this movie, while it kind of postures as like a bit of a teen drama and there's a, some romance that, that is like mm. sentimental and beautiful underneath all of that, there is this sort of tragic current, the cyclical nature of like the curse of vampirism. Right. I would Where, argue that the
0: tragedy is like very upfront.
2: It is. I think this near the end it is. I, um, I mean, the, the whole film has like this sort of uh, gloomy sadness about it of, you know, being unhappy when you're a kid. And, and uh, but he's uh, just like me. For but real. in the I think the ending is really tragic when you see what happens. And, and I think when I first saw it when I was young, I saw it as kind of being a, more of like a happier ending in the end that they, you know, get like i
0: going to have to go like kill a guy
2: he's going to have to, and he's going to become what Richard Jenkins yeah, that's was. That's what I mean. Like he's going right. to like, like, and you see, you see like a glimpse into what Richard Jenkins is at the end where he's just living the cyclical curse. And, um, Owen's just walking into that happily with the naivety of, as a, of a child. And, and, uh, so I think like that was a huge thing that I walked away with differently, but also there's so many other things to like about this movie and it is a dense work. There's lots to, to sort of pick apart and analyze and, um, like I, I th- but I think just on its basic mechanics, this is a super effective suspense film. I think the sequence is where Richard Jenkins goes out to get that blood and where he's lying in the back of the car and he's wearing that almost garbage. I'm the bag garbage suit. man. <laughs> garbage day. <laughs> he's he's like those sequences as a suspense scene are terrifying. And I love the way that they're filmed with the camera in the backseat of the car, especially the seat, the way that the accident is depicted with the light shining through the window. I mean, formally, yeah, that's, that's cool. all brilliant. It almost plays a bit like, like the robbery scene from Gun Crazy in terms of perspective. But um, yeah, it's a, it's a really great film. And there's so many things I could talk about. But I, I don't want to like steal anybody's thunder. So I'm curious to know what either of you thought.
0: I'm gonna ask if Liam wants to go or if Liam wants me to go, cause you're like the I've seen them both and read the book guy. So you could either set the record straight now whether you think Mitch is onto something or not, or you could get our assessment first.
1: Yeah, I'll get you, Corey. Okay. What you think?
0: Um, this is one of the best movies we've ever watched.
2: I agree. What the fuck?
1: That's crazy.
0: <laughs> I, it's. I know we've watched a lot of movies. It's in the top ten, a hundred percent. I
1: knew I
2: that you would love it just because of your like affection for the period and also these kinds of like coming of age, uh, like teen romance movies with a tinge of horror. I knew you Though would. Honestly, fucking love Honestly, I
0: don't even think that the period factors into it. It, all it barely that much. matters,
2: but but I think it, it kind of adds to that tapestry. This movie
0: just had me like instantly, and I spent a lot of the opening being like. What the fuck was Dave talking about? And I kept (laughs) waiting for the turn where it got bad and it never got bad. It only got better. Um, I could drone on for 45 uninterrupted minutes. I bet just starting now. I'm not going to do that because I don't know how to read Liam's take anymore because he's laughing at me. So what I'm going to say is that I agree first and foremost formally this movie's exceptional bulletproof it looks incredible and they make a lot of really creative decisions that i think elevate atmosphere a lot for example um an underrated element which is formalism not really by cinematography as much as like production design but i like that when he looks through the telescope the light on his eye is reminiscent of what the contacts look like that Khalid grace Moretz wears for vampire Mm -hmm. mode there's like a there's a parallel thing happening in how he's sort of grappling with inner turmoil and like looking outward and then her coming in to that sort of scenario. Um, But as you said, this, this being dense, there being a lot to take. Mm -hmm. um, I think this movie threads really elegantly um, establishing some stuff in a somewhat pulpy way and then having other elements with a lot of layers in a way that I think is meaningful. Yeah. Um, I think that, like, for example, like the Reagan speech at the beginning, I think is, like, a corny but effective way of establishing, period. And if you're going to do that, at least take a clip that feels cohesive to well, the they work. They use
2: multiple speeches from yeah, yeah, but they're
0: all about, like, this... Evil. They're about, like, the morality of the soul. Yeah. And, like, what america as a country can do to grapple with its like essentially its inherent nature being bad Mm -hmm. because its entire past is bad and that's what he's sort of discussing and i think that that actually dovetails thematically like quite nicely with the movie writ large and i think that um it's also communicated visually in interesting ways the other thing i want to make sure that i mention in my opening thoughts before i just throw it to liam because i really want to know is uh, this movie had my brain going a thousand miles an hour thinking about gender. Interesting. And, um, like, there's there's a lot. I'm going to just point out a few things and we can get to them later. One, the bullying is extremely gendered. Yeah the hey little girl and like the masculinity femininity dichotomy that's established and sort of that arc that Owen goes on of like I'm gonna go to strength training and try to beef up and like hit my bullies and sort of being undercut uh for being both socially isolated and physically different but then my quote was picked really deliberately the emphasis that Abby has on girlhood and like effectively performing girlhood emphasizing humanity to other people is really interesting and the the deeply human concern of knowing that you aren't like how you you aren't internally like how you look and worrying that when someone learns that they'll hate you and the the identity grapple of knowing that there's something else and you can't just show that and needing to navigate that carefully like i was crushed at would you still like me even if i wasn't a girl like i was annihilated by that mm-hmm. and um i think it really is very interesting in how it plays with her emphasis on that aspect of identity being important and how it plays into like, the like what's going steady and how does this work? And yes, we can do that or no, we can't. And that in tandem with Owen's social isolation also being gendered, like there's so much to unpack purely with that angle. Yeah. That once you get into the rest of it, you're just like, holy fuck, there's a lot here.
2: And it's operating on so many different levels. Like that is, that is like sort of like the, I guess the subtext. And, but like, Beyond that, like they're just talking on the surface about just like, you know, vampirism and and, and, and it's
0: interesting on all levels, which I think on is cool. multiple
2: levels. Yeah. Um, and like, again, I think somebody could watch that movie. Like when I watched that movie when I was a kid, that was all completely lost on me.
0: Yeah. And I think even if you ignore those things um, at your own peril, but like. Its baseline is just really good.
2: Yeah, like even if you even if you aren't engaging with that, yeah, like it's visually it's, cool. It's still it's, an it's engaging. Well
0: performed. Um, um, it's a neat story. Uh, it's paced very effectively. Um, there are some. I feel like the cinematography does a good job communicating alienation and cold. Uh, and it's, cold. It's, a, it's a
2: really cold, uh, like inhospitable movie.
0: Yeah, there's a lot to love but I now don't know how Liam feels at all because he was sort of aghast yeah. at how high I was, and I'm a little nervous now. I
1: was surprised. Good surprised? Yeah, I'm really happy. Okay. um, I love, listen- I love listening to you guys talk about this movie. Um, so this movie... Is big for me, and so I'm very conf- kind of confused now. Confronting it as an adult, and so I I think I'm I'm really gonna benefit from hearing you guys talk about it as like um, a first time viewer for Corey, and it's been a while for Mitch. And you say you've like seen the original in parts. Yes. Um. So it's a different perspectives than I have, and so I really appreciate hearing it because there was a time, um, probably. I mean certainly around the time the movie came out and then probably for like the next 5 6 years where I would have said first that this movie is like one of my favorite movies ever. Mm-hmm. And then when I saw the original, you were like this. I was like this is one of my favorite movies ever.
0: And it so did it fully usurp the remake essentially?
1: It usurped it in that I thought it was a better telling um and a more interesting um way to approach the material and then when i read the book i thought that that was um even uh further conveyed like Matt Reeves did the classic remake director statement when he made this movie where he said like I'm I'm not as much remaking the original movie as I'm retelling the book mm-hmm. um, which is like of uh, course he would say that. which ha- like that happened with Carrie as well when that Chloe Grace movie and came also
0: in like multiple Carrie remakes are bad
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> like- yeah yeah and and a lot of times I think I think that's a it's a total crock I think it's it's uh, directors say that and then they um, have a re- scene seemingly have a really hard time distancing themselves from the approach that the original took um, because there's no way that they haven't seen that original and it influences them. And I think that this movie is definitely more of a remake of the original yeah, than I, it is. I, I feel like of you don't novel. want to
0: remake a movie. You didn't see right? yeah. like
1: rarely does a
0: remake happen because two people read a book and wanted to adapt it. Mm-hmm. Right. Like that's not the
2: I usual. Maybe trajectory. it used to happen, but uh, yeah, not anymore. Yeah
1: um and so the, the both movies are quite quite different and um but even though i think that the original movie and i would love if you guys re-watched it in mitch's case and you watched it corey and we could do a little update uh, i think uh, we i think
0: can i just put a flag in the ground i think we need to do a part two Yeah, I think
1: think we can do that. I think that
0: would be neat because even even we never do that. Even
1: in recording this episode, I watched them. I watched them both again. Okay, so they're both super fresh for me right now, and so I'm I'm dying to hear about what you guys also think of the original. And I'm and I'm kind of struggling with both of them right now because I think the original film is a. um, I think it is a much more interesting approach of the material. I think it has. More interesting wrinkles that this movie than this movie has. I think this movie smooths out um, a lot of the complexity of the original film and and by consequence the uh, the original novel. Um, both in terms of just like the script and in terms of its formalism and the way it's put together. I think this is a much more accessible movie than the original is. Um, that said, I have, s- I had, I'm getting choked up. Um, <laughs> not really, but but I honestly, I could be because I have had such an attachment to this, this remake, even though I, I do think the original is better. I had such an attachment to this remake. I've probably seen this movie like, 20 times. Like, there was a... Uh, this was a movie where, like, I would just watch it night after night. Like, I was so in love with it um, for its coming-of-age elements. You know, I love those. Um, it's just such a such a sweet, interesting love story. And back to that year I took off after high school. In that year, this is fucking... It's kind of embarrassing to, to, to talk about and not sound like a creep. But I became so infatuated infatuated with chloe grace moretz the actress i think we all we all did kind of did bro not like i did i <laughs> promise you i promise you where's my psp <laughs> uh check out our when a stranger calls app if you if you need context to that um no but it was uh it wasn't even like a you know Corey's psp tale with with camille bell was kind of like a it was like a, this woman is very attractive. It's a little right? more childish. <laughs> Whereas this was like, okay, Clover's so is our age? Just for she context. is. She's about two months younger than two months younger than me. I just think that's important context for whatever it is you're about to right, say. Right. because I'm talking about a child. Right. So just know, to be clear, yeah.
0: you're good. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Because
1: I I saw this movie on TV right after it came out, Kick Ass. Similarly, and then um and I saw Carrie in the theater, so I was kind of following along with her. And then um, in my year off after high school, like I was just, I was in between like seeing friends. It was for the first period ever in my life, really. I wasn't seeing friends as much as I normally did. I was instead, I didn't have a job. A lot of my friends who had stayed in my town were still going to high school. They were doing like a a, a extra year at high school where I wasn't. So I was like staying up until 4 a.m., every day or 7 a.m. every day and then sleeping until until the mid-afternoon. and a Vampire lot of times, hours. Total vampire hours. And so I'll, I was... um I rediscovered this movie in that period as well um, and then rediscovered this actress. And I was just, like, so interested in her as a person and, like, I, I just felt like I wanted to be friends with her. And so... And I think this movie really bolstered that in that this is sort of the... uh this movie was the encapsulation of the way I felt where it was like, I would just love to have a person that you can be close with in that way. Like it starts off so innocently in this film. You never even see these two characters kiss in this movie. Yeah. Um, and, but the attachment that they, that they uh, discover about each other and they, they allow themselves to feel is like, is so personal and, and deep. Um, and so I was, I was just in love with it. Um and so I watched this movie so much and then and then I because of that I watched the original I read the novel and then I took a really long break so I watching this one back and then watching the original would have been my first time seeing it probably since Twenty fifteen. I think I showed my university roommate in first year of these movies in twenty fifteen. I can
2: remember talking to you about this movie in you in first year university or earlier on when I first got really? to know you, and I was asking what your favorite movies were. And I can remember you brought this one up. Wow. Yeah.
1: Interesting. Yeah. And that so that would have been like right after that year off, and so I would have been really hot on these movies. That would have been around the time I, I was reading the novel. Um, and so my confusion now sort of comes from I'm watching I'm watching this for the first time in in about 8 years. Um you are a different person now. I am. Than the last time you very saw Very different. Movie. Very different. I'm in a long-term relationship. I'm not nearly as lonely. I am not as uh Infatuated with this person in the film i'm not as infatuated with the with the story like i'm not with the film even mm-hmm. Like because it's just it's it's just like it's been so long since i've checked it out It's like a it's like an old friend where it's like i never had a falling out uh, With this movie um, but it's just like I, I I grew away from it from a long time and now in watching it again i'm i'm having to parse out um if the movie is not as good as I remembered, or is it just that I can't feel the same way about it as and I used to? And you thought we didn't need to talk about Adam McGuigan today? <laughs> Are you out of your mind? <laughs> and so, so, yeah, so I just have to figure out, like, is this movie, is it not as good as I remembered? Because... Dave came to me, our friend who you we were talking about earlier, who said he he hated this movie. He came to me the night after he, wa- the, the night after he you watched the came to me on this the day after he, you watched He did. He, well, he came up and he said, I watched, I watched a movie l- the other night, uh, a movie that you have five-starred on Letterboxd. And he said it was fucking terrible. Let me in. And I said to him, well, that's really interesting. Um, I I haven't seen the movie in, in uh, almost a decade, but I have it as a five-star on Letterboxd just because of like... The that I wanted it as a statement of this is what this movie means to me But I said to him, you know if I were to rewatch it I don't know if uh, I can't argue it you on it right now because it's been so long And so now in rewatching it I I I can and then in watching the original right after it um, I did one day after the other you
0: could feel the con the contrast of quality. I can Yeah. yeah
1: Um, And yet, this is still a movie I love spending time with, but I can think of a number of instances where I'm just like, wow, I wish that they had um, done this thing differently. I wish they had included this little wrinkle of a character moment um, in this film. Because as I said at the beginning of the episode, the the differences in the two movies are, I, I think, pretty subtle, but they are they they make for a very different experience they add up to something very different and it, there's a specific one about gender and uh, now i now want to be careful about how we have this conversation because i don't want to ruin for you stuff in the original um but like hearing you talk about The way gender hit you in this movie is so cool because i think they go even further with it in the original one and so the fact that you still picked up on it and were affected by it in this movie Whereas I could see someone who loves the original making the argument that this movie does away with the gender stuff entirely. And so to hear you be like, no way, because I, I picked well, up on it, it's very cool. It feels very direct yeah. in That's, this movie, though.
0: I would, I would not be shocked if maybe there's more of it in the other movie, but maybe it's more nuanced. I would say here, it feels impossible to avoid because it's so direct. And I think what I like about the presentation of it here... What struck me about it, because we've talked about the sort of innocence of the relationship, and I think the phrasing of the concern is a very innocent and baseline of like foundational fear, which is like I I look like a girl, I'm ostensibly a girl, I am a girl, I'm not a girl. Would you still like me if I wasn't? And it's so direct in that question that it feels uh, like I couldn't imagine a viewer not grappling with that element of it. Um, Maybe there is something to be said for the ability to brush that off as... I could also see a general movie-going audience be like, yeah, it's because they're a vampire... And, you know, vampires aren't real. So, like, taking it in a very sort of blasé tone, um, this – sorry, one more – am just – because I'm also – I'm trying to, like, say things correctly, but um, I think it is worth acknowledging that I am a person who has had, in recent years, a lot of thought (laughs) – about gender for myself a lot like a a significant amount um and a lot of sort of agonizing about um presentation and what that representation means when you go out and what it means when you don't um and i'm gonna leave it there uh because not everything's for a podcast but um I think it just spoke to me because I've asked myself questions like that. And also, I think I can appreciate the innocence of the tone because those questions came to me late and therefore were tonally similar because it was a new conversation to be having. So I may have been an adult, but, you know, when you unpack it for the first time, you unpack it the way you would have in any way at the first time you're naive or you don't get it or it's a little intimidating to do um so i think that helped maybe i would be fascinated to see an even more deep recognition of that or the significance of that element otherwise uh i'd love to Um, That sounds cool. I think this movie does enough with it. If anything, I do wish the movie did more. And I would say one thing that I think the movie sort of does struggle with, because as much as I enjoyed it, um, there is uh, some shallowness to certain elements relative to others that I think could be... I wish were different. Like, I think the bullies shallow... It's it's
2: shallow, but I think it's it's punchy and satisfying where it needs to be. Like when he hits him in the head with that with that. Yeah, uh, no, it's cool. Stick.
0: But then it's also like, but also we need to empathize him because his brother's also bad. And yeah. Like, whoa, people, am I right? Yeah. Um, A so lot of the
2: other external forces are are completely secondary. Like the the marriage between his mother and father. Yeah. Um, or the like the disintegrating marriage. Um, everything else to the to the film is kind of external forces that are um definitely pressures on the character but the the central thing is just their their relationship um and i guess whether or not you want to see those developed or not is is um up to you
0: yeah but thematically too i would definitely be curious because yeah yeah, i mean but yeah and i mean like from where i'm sitting it would be impossible to not pick that up right away Mm -hmm. and like That being my quote is, like, fairly deliberate. It's what I put in my letterbox review because I didn't want to put my take yet. And then I looked at other people that I know that had watched it. And um, there is uh, a trans woman writer that I really like. And I opened up her review that was four stars. And her review was the same quote that I pulled. So, I'm like, that is clearly speaking to people. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, regardless of the depth level. Um, But I would... I'd be fascinated to see where else it goes. In this, anyway. Yeah. Right well,
1: thank you for sharing that. That's this yeah. really cool. Um, and w- yeah, where I'm struggling, I'm with like it- sweating now. By the <laughs> way. <It's all> <laughs> um, w- so where I'm struggling with it is that I love that they included a lot of those lines in the movie, and um, because I think it's a really great part of the story. Um, and uh, I, I think it, it totally speaks to like the, the purity of the attraction that they have to each other where they're just both trying to figure it out. And Owen is like, you know, what do you mean? And he says, you know, I don't know, I guess so. Um, yeah, he's like, surely whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think, I think that's really cool. I think that can speak to people um, in, in all sorts of ways. Um, and, but where I'm sort of feel like oh, I wish the movie pushed it a bit more, pushed it as far as, uh, you know, the novel does and the original movie does is I ask myself and I ask you, like, why do you think, um abby is saying that what do you think she means by that if it's not just that she because you said that maybe some people could just like laugh it off as like oh she's talking about like being a vampire Mm -hmm. but if that's not what she means what do you think she means where does it come from from a character point of view beyond just being like a a a a nice thing and a notable thing to hear come from a character i don't
0: i will clarify one thing which is that what i meant when somebody could shrug it off is not that it's not true that what she means is a vampire, like literally, textually in the story. Yeah. But that people wouldn't engage with it beyond that. You could just
2: mm-hmm. engage with it as something kind of sinister, like yeah, like in the Whereas sense. Whereas,
0: like that could be read as yeah, like implication yeah. that she's like a threat to yeah, him. I see. Whereas, if you want to take it from a more like identity-driven direction, you can, and it gives you runway to do that. Um, in the event that you want to try to parse, like, what else it could be. I think there's also maybe an interesting thought to be... Had. I don't think the movie explores this much, but if I'm just going purely off-character. um, This is somebody who has been an adolescent girl for a really long time, and I bet that person has seen the trajectory of what girlhood is represented as change dramatically over extended periods and probably has complicated feelings about it. The movie doesn't really explore that, but the sentence and the sentiment could also go that way. Yeah. Um, because you do see also like other little bits of it. Like there's that um photo booth photos and there's like also just like the way that she talks about things. And also her handwriting just being like, so she's old as fuck. Yeah, the handwriting is like <laughs> the giveaway. And I, and never I think the her, her l- handwriting looks like Victorian. Her her
2: relationship with with Richard Jenkins' character as well. You, I mean, everything's sort there's of there's like an affection. There's even there's, to an, that. there's an affection, but it doesn't feel like a father daughter affection. No, it, it feels like maybe a, like I said at one point he he was like the main character in this movie. Um, just I, just kind I of. I think so. I think so. I, I think, think that's there's what, there's the, what they communicate with that. There's something yeah. cyclical and him. and and tragic about that. Yeah.
0: But I will say... But yeah, I think you could explore that further in that sense. And then also, I think that's when you start dovetailing it with the bullying. Because then you can kind of put them together and be like, so what is it being described as here? And I'm sort of spitballing this a little bit. Because I I took notes that didn't unpack a lot as much as they acknowledged that stuff was in there to remember that it was there. But I think like comparing the way that Kenny talks to Owen... About that, and being like, Oh, you fucking like little girl, blah, blah, whatever. I don't think he says fuck until the end of the movie, but you get what I mean. Um, and what he is saying that that's representative of, which is evidently like you know, like weakness, frailty, yeah, inability to engage, and then juxtaposing that with Abby, who is outwardly presumably emblematic of those things, but when pushed to act is like a very immediate physical threat like at first I actually didn't like the way the vampirism physicality played out because it felt very sudden where it's like, it's so fast and so like aggressive. And I was like, Oh Jesus Christ. Like, like that's in the not tunnel, the, yeah. Like that's not the kind of vampire I was anticipating. Yeah. And that threw me a little it's bit. visceral at first. and great. But now I think it's like a, it's a helpful contrast and an additional element to, um, the way that the bullying dynamic uh establishes like why that would be a negative thing versus her concerns about not being perceived as that because while she has the image internally she has the capability to do else that is like much more severe yeah um, and, and
2: she she needs to do it to subsist there's no choice yeah. And i think
0: i think the need angle is the thing that makes the identity conversation more cohesive um because not unlike you know like transness broadly or whatever it's like it's not flippant it's not a want it's a need and i think that all of those things sort of piece together which just ultimately bring me back to if there's a version that does even more i'd be curious to see it but um i certainly think there's enough here um at the very least in 2024, I'd be shocked if somebody watched the movie and didn't fucking get it. I think in 2010. Maybe 10, in 2010, I could, I could let it slide. Yeah, and
2: in tw- 2010, I completely missed all of yeah, that. Yeah. But and, also in yeah. 2010, you were 13. Well, sure. We, so were having, we weren't were having these kinds of conversations in 2010. Yeah. Or at least I was.
0: But like. I, think, I think there's a lot there. Um, we don't have to harp on this element of it forever because I'm sure there's a lot of other stuff we want to get to. But um, I was struck by that initially yeah because uh, the first thing i noted was uh just the way kenny bullied being like the little girl little girl thing that's so really then it coming and, up and how
2: it happens in locker rooms too uh, frequently or in places where like you are yeah you are like vulnerable, vulnerable. but also
0: the 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 gendered elements obvious of course yeah yeah um, so
2: it, it is really interesting. I think uh, I, I don't want to change the subject yeah.
0: too Actually, quickly. If you're not going to change, it, let Liam go. Okay, go if ahead. If this is on this, then go. Yeah.
1: Uh, so I just I'll just point out because uh, I think a part two episode will be great. I will point I think out. We have to. I'll have point to, out yeah. subtly that, um, and I hadn't realized this before because there are there are instances in the original movie where I think they they push the the gender um, the gender themes a bit further. But very notably, the bully does not call Owen "little girl" in the original. Okay, that's that's specific to this movie. Yeah, which I think is—is is there an older brother in the original? Because the, the there thing is, that
0: they do in this movie is the older brother also does it to Kenny.
1: There is an older brother, but he's not a bully. Okay, he's not. Oh, that's a big change. Yeah, then. <laughs> yeah. Um. Interesting. Okay, and so so that just kind of has me thinking where, you know, my my big my takeaway right now from watching let me in is that i feel like um the movie didn't the 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 movie was um less interested in exploring the gender themes that were in that original film and in the original novel i don't remember if the if the bully in the novel calls him a little girl or not but in the in the original film but it is v- now very interesting that I'm realizing that the bully does call him little girl in this the, movie, like the and in the him, movie and it's not in the original movie over and over. Yeah.
0: So that's not to say that you're not right to some extent, but it does underscore the thing that we have, which is just that they're different, you know, like it's underscoring that even further. Um, because I don't think there's a right or wrong way for them to do that, but there's certainly different ways to do it. Um, I do think there's probably a more interesting version of it where maybe there's a little bit more of it that is more specifically with Abby rather than this like two pronged kind of thing. Um, but yeah, if you want to pivot, we can probably park that there. Cause yeah, was no, I think that that was that.
2: No, but that was, that was great. Um, I wanted to... Because we were talking a little bit in the outset of the episode about, like, the rules of the vampire yeah, four movie. four hours ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when I was just a young vampire. But Back the, in 2010, we were talking you know, about the, and, rules uh, and the rules of vampires. And the like, rules of, like, the medium. And, right, so, like, vampires, you, you have to let them in. And... Um, also like can't be exposed to sunlight and when that one vampire is exposed to sunlight and sets the whole fucking hospital room on fire uncut that's, kerosene that's bro. fucking sick
0: and the nurse and the nurse brutal. the nurse
2: too is brutal right
0: and, huge L on the nurse's part <laughs>
2: vampire, the vampire is not only like drinking the blood of like people that they kill immediately but also Richard Jenkins is functionally extracting blood and bringing it to her the funnel is uh, crazy the funnel is crazy right like the way that this this film is in- engages with um the nuances of like the vampire it's story also very mechanical very like. mechanical yeah and uh and just i think you know the curse of immortality in a way is, is yeah it re- seems
0: seems like it fucking sucks it seems
2: like it fucking sucks it seems it seems like tragic
0: if you don't invite me to your house i will bleed out of my eyes until yeah. i die or cent- maybe or maybe i'll live forever our central fuck up character this shirt is mobile. about to, <laughs>
2: our central character is about to throw away his entire life and, uh, to
0: go yeah. kill dudes. To
2: go kill dudes and, um, and be with this, like, girl who's consistently 12 forever. It's, uh, it's so sad.
0: I find it interesting, um, that you've underscored that element because I don't know. I if, keep saying it, yeah. I don't know if I read it in, as initially outright tragic in that it was at least... It seemed like the one deliberate choice Owen had ever been able to make in his life was to do that. Yeah. And
1: there's I guess there's power in that to some extent. Just think of
2: the implications that come with that choice, Yeah, right?
1: certainly. To do that, you mean by going with to go Abby with, at the end? To go with
2: her. Yeah. And, and it is a, almost like a cute ending with her in the suitcase and him on the train.
1: The Norse, the
0: Norse code and yeah. the... The Norse code Norse. is <laughs> That's <laughs> the Swedish version. Yeah. The Norse... <laughs> that was really good. And uh, the singing the save some now so sa- eat some now save some for later which yeah. is a very like on the nose vampire joke to be making is. while eating now or laters but um yeah no it's it's just interesting um to think about it that way because i didn't read it as like necessarily like a huge victory or an outright tragedy but like the implications is definitely not great no
2: but what do you what do you think of how like this film spices up like the genre and the rules of, of, of a vampire um,
0: picture I don't know if it spices it up like crazy, to be honest. It feels like it's like it's playing within like f- like fairly established like confines. Because I, I don't know if it's mixing up the rules through this dynamic more than it's created an interesting dynamic. Like, it's just cool that Richard Jenkins goes and does it. But I don't know if that's like a rules thing. I think they're doing it because it's more pragmatic. Yeah. He's more capable of effectively hiding murders than she is, so he may as well do it. Because again, uh, while she is a vampire, is also the body of a 12-year-old.
2: <laughs> yeah, there is there is a kind of like a loss of control when she turns into a vampire, which I think is some movies do that, some movies don't. Yeah, right? some where of the, them the, Some
0: Draculas... <laughs> some Draculas are very... Uh, exacting yeah like in, if you in, look at like 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 in Gar-
2: gary oldman or something or or like bella lugosi they're always like suave and collected and they bite someone's neck and then they go back to being yeah normal or you get
0: this or dracula on about dracula i yeah. would say is like this
2: um and it's, it's interesting when you look at a film like nosferatu um where they are like uh visually uh like different there's like this otherness visually where they they can't exist with others whereas this film um doesn't do that and i think that that's that is interesting
1: yeah i think it's a really interesting dynamic um i think that's what i like most about about this movie and why i'm so interested in in this story across all all three versions is because um yeah, I, I think it it plays within a lot of vampire rules that we're all familiar with. So there's not a whole lot of work to do. it's it's very easy to to get into. It's actually a pretty small story, but it's it's the way that these rules are are channeled, the situation that we're put in mm-hmm. that is that is so interesting about it and it's so
2: familiar and kind of inviting..
1: Mm-hmm. And so the character of uh you know of of Richard Jenkins here is really interesting because when we first see, Abby whip it out in the tunnel and just demolish a dude, it's like she looks pretty fucking capable. Right, like you start to wonder
0: or rather it becomes clear that the relationship that they have is not purely pragmatism because... If push came to shove, she's probably got it under control. Exactly. So there's another layer where, like, they want to have this dynamic going for whatever reason.
2: But he seems fucking miserable at the same time. He's, he seems
0: th- over it. He's
2: he's smoking cigarettes, like chain smoking. He's he's yelling at her, being like, "Oh, you really
1: fucked this up." Yeah, I mean, presumably it's been decades. Well, right? I, yeah. like you mean like when 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 Owen hears through the walls. Yeah, I think that's her yelling at him uh no there's 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 like lots of him yelling at her too you think so I think they yeah argue they argue they argue
2: you. and he seems um he's just tired he's exasperated like the only sort of respite that he has is stealing a walkman that plays david bowie <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: I, i've always read that voice through the walls as that's like her vampire voice coming out it could be she's given him the gears and he's insane. he's just meek He's taken it because the time when we're we're in the apartment and we see him, the way he talks back to her, he is so despondent and resigned and he just says, you know, maybe I've just, I just don't have it anymore. Maybe I
2: would rather be dead
1: than be doing this.
2: When she comes back covered in blood after she kills the dude in the tunnel.
0: He's pissed for sure. He's pissed. There is an element of him being like, oh, fuck. Because I think, but I think for him, it's more like, I got to go fix this now because you left the body there. you just get
2: the feeling like that's happened a million times. And um, that's why they move around all the time because she has to do it to survive.
0: Yeah. It's an interesting... It's interesting. It's And I feel like uh, that is something that these movies typically avoid. Like, Dracula yeah. is usually like a, an ice... I keep just in on Dracula, but like, whatever. But it's like a good thing. He's, he's like a cold customer who just sort of like hangs out by himself and like does cool shit all the time. Maybe he um, buys real estate. Yeah, maybe. He but does. Uh, he does. He famously does. The Carfax Ellie. Uh, but um, Abbey. The Carfax Abbey. I think. <laughs> Show me the Carfax, Abby. That's what this movie's about. Um, but uh, no, I think it's uh, it's cool to have such a unique approach relative to a lot of other film, and I like that there's this sort of like backseat police procedural happening.
2: And Elias Codius is so good in, oh. in that in that driver's seat. Oh brother! And I think <laughs> I, his death is fucking crazy. Yeah, when he, when he starts taking all the 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 shit off the windows and he, he finally uncovers the I'm enormity of the shit off me.
0: <laughs> I don't want to be around anymore. Yeah,
2: he's, He starts uncovering the crime and he gets so close to it, but then doesn't work but, out for
0: him. How do you feel? How do you guys feel about the way the police procedural elements like structured into the movie?
2: I think it's good. I yep. think, I think like I wouldn't cut it. Um, no. I, I could see you making the argument that it might like detract or that it's not like that Im- important centrally, but um, I wouldn't get rid of it just because I love Elias Codius, and uh, I I think it helps kind of like the narrative build as in the sense of like finality. You know, they need to move after this happens. There's too much heat on them.
0: I also think it's it's interesting that he feels representative yeah. of. He feels. Sort of like running parallel to a lot of the other things that this movie puts into the background. Yeah, the of, cycles.
2: The, the cycles of that they have presumably lived a thousand times.
0: The cycles, but also the sort of like morality tale. Because there's like TVs playing sermons and there's TVs yeah. playing Reagan. And they're all this morality play.
2: This 80s arcades and um Yeah, and it,
0: it, it steeps itself in that sort of like evangelical renaissance that, return to traditional America American, had. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a good backdrop for all. And of I this. think like, just like your straight laced cop dude is like a good sort of vessel. I'm just a vessel for a lot of those elements. Uh-huh. Um, because it seems to be something that our other, like our two protagonists sort of like have a lot of tension with and mm. like push up against. Like they're not built to fit the confines of that particularly well. Um, So hearing a lot about it is interesting. Like I I was struck early on even seeing like when the mom leaves a note about dinner, like it ends with God bless or then like, when owen like does the phone call with his dad about like is evil real and his reaction is just like your mom's putting those fucking ideas in your head god fucking damn it your goddamn mom tell her to call me stop thinking about evil but it's like he's literally contending with like incarnate evil yeah, he's like, yeah and his dad just isn't paying attention played by elias by the i way. know i was gonna say that the dad's voice is also elias yeah Cullius, which i also think is a fun like, it being the same guy as the cop is, like, interesting.
2: It's a good... It's also a, a good casting decision. That's he, a cute he, detail. He plays that kind of a role well.
0: Yeah. And um, I think there's, like, a lot of neat stuff that they're doing there. Something that we haven't touched on yet that I also think is neat. Um, there's, there's, like, an undercurrent that I think the movie doesn't touch on enough because it introduces it and then it kind of goes away. Of, like self-harm ideation like when he starts looking at knives those are not defense knives those are this kid is fucking miserable knives yeah and he's just like well I, i don't know if i read it that way i did initially and then he sort of pivots and is sort of emboldened to defend himself but at first with like a lot of the knife ideation like he's in the kitchen or he goes to the store like it struck me as like he felt hopeless there's something kind of a corner there's
2: kind of like something subversive about about like his helplessness and like i think like this underlying uh rage or violence that he wants to let out but he, yeah but he it can't. pushes
0: but it seems to be pushing him into the direction at that point like the bullying is so severe and the isolation so like crushing that it, it pushes him more in almost like an existential anxiety like suicide direction i, I
2: didn't read it that way
0: and then it pivots i thought I think so, maybe
2: it, it, there's certainly a pivot in his character yeah. uh, for sure. I think he gets he more seems confidence more hopeless early after after he uh, starts yeah. like talking to Abby.
1: But break this tie, Liam, because there's an objective right answer. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I had never thought of it as self-harm either, um, you know, because so early on we see him um, repeating what a bully has said to him while stabbing a tree. So I had always thought of it, and as then she says, "What
2: are you doing?" And that's kind of how they how they meet.
0: Yeah, maybe I'm, maybe yeah. I'm mixing something up. I don't know, but I mean, you know, whatever. I
2: think um, <laughs> another aspect of his character that Disney. I re- that I really enjoy is is the fact that he is he's so um, I think like curious about other people and how they live, like like with the voyeurism scenes where he's he's peering into the windows of the lives of others, and yeah. you you just know that he's not going to fit into that kind of a conventional mold even though he might want to he's
0: like experiencing just like the outside world itself through a lens that's all he can do yeah he is like outside looking and just like socially there
2: is there is this kind of curiosity but also i think maybe like a kind of a longing in 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 some ways but just wanting to fit in feels really immediate and i really like the shots of him
0: like like the looking into the telescope feels very like um like, it doesn't feel voyeuristic in the way that, like, a peephole feels voyeuristic. That like a Hitchcock movie does. Yeah. Yeah. It feels more... I don't know what word I want, but, like, it's... The connotations are all different. Yeah. Um, which is interesting. Um, like, it, it feels it's like... It's different
2: when it comes from, a, from, like, a kid. It's a different yeah.
0: version of longing yeah. than, like like and perv long I, I think like, it's the,
2: i think it's the same kind of feeling that you get when you're a kid and you kind of wonder what it's like to be all grown up and where where you'll end and what it's like um being an adult and being in relationships and i think yep. it's it, it's obviously he yeah. leers
0: at the hot lady a little bit but like of he, course he's a, he looks as much at like the dude working out and the other guy like it's not yeah. exclusively like yeah leering for the sake of leering yeah um, which I just think codes it differently.
1: And I like the contrast of that the telescope image and how you, you kind of see his, his whole face and the light shining on his eye, contrasting that with like Richard Jenkins' character in his garbage man mask yeah. where it's like his whole face is black, you can only see his eye. Bro, it looks like the mutilator. Looks <laughs> like so, the zodiac killer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's like on one hand you've got this this kid who still has his whole life ahead of him, even though he feels so stuck. And then you've got this dude who no longer his whole life is is behind him, and he's he's, he's stuck. no longer the and kid with Abby, and he's and he's stuck. And God, the he's, sequence he's so where focused the
0: guy at the gym picks up the other guy, and he's like, "I'm just stuck in this fucking back seat."
1: Yeah, I think. God, I yeah. think just so just formally, I think that the. Um, that whole sequence leading to that car crash, where the camera's in the car, Except, and the oh, car's spinning around. I think that is the best scene in the movie, even though it's not what I look to the movie it's for. I look to it for the relevant. relationship. Yeah. Not, it's not but,
0: narratively crucial. Well, it isn't. It isn't. But like, f- like visually, it's so good. Mm, yeah. Like, well, those all and those, and those the sequences way it builds are, atmosphere are so even, suspenseful from the very beginning. Like the ambulance with the police escort, and like they opt to show it like through trees and like moving very quickly like the the distant long shot and the distant long shot, and then like when it cuts to like the windshield view Mm -hmm. and it's just like dark honestly it's like sinister wes anderson Mm -hmm. and i'm not like just lightly throwing the wes anderson thing in here but the snow looks really artificial in a way that i think helps yeah and like the specific like vignetting of the frame gives it that artificiality that like a Uh, Wes Anderson makes fun but Mm. here it's like off-putting like it's all doing uncanny it's all in service of like building the uncanny sort of alienation feeling and I think it's doing that for like right at the beginning and like uh all of the medium and like wider shots like feel very very detached and like a lot of the framings like squared off and like clinical and I think that that helps establish the tone that you want or like it's like a peering down angle on that play structure, or it's just very like flat, but then like the movement happens like within the frame, mm-hmm. which I think is cool.
2: I I love the way that the the uh, backyard, uh, like the courtyard. Yeah, what a cool is, courtyard is, is filmed with with the lighting. It's extraordinary. The but, but, light is so But good. also all the figures you pass through it are just kind of shapes. Um, it's it's so mysterious, and I think you could project. Uh, so much of that, uh, within the context of that that kind of curiosity and longing, just these these shapes passing through the courtyard, and his curiosity—it it, it's so um, it's so just like a like a really wonderful setting. So.
0: Uh, when the car gets stuck at the railroad crossing and it does the oh wipe, my
2: f- god, I love that
0: beautiful shot. Literally looks like a painting. Yeah,
2: it's it's incredible. But just the 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 way that these sequences are 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 timed and and yeah.
0: staged, or even like the one where like R- Richard James like digging that grave with like the lamp and the guys like hanging from the tree. But again, it's very like squared off. Like yeah. it's very like by the book mm-hmm. sort of stuff. But it it's it's very um. Evocative in how simple it is. Mm
2: -hmm. Even just like like I know we mentioned it once, but like like, this is not
0: flashy camera work. It's just really good.
2: That hospital room immolation. Yeah. Um, the violence in the film and the way that it's staged uh, formally is it's just like a pleasure to to watch. Like it it, it's it's fucking gross at times. The violence is
0: all very matter of fact. It's
2: it's very matter of fact. It's 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 quick, but it's it's staged and suspenseful.
0: It's good, it's good stuff.
1: I tell you, I feel so spoiled having seen the original because, you know, I'm, I'm does here. Does this movie I'm, just
0: rip that off?
1: Uh, no, it's like I feel, I just feel like it's a, uh, it does some of these things in a much less effective way. Um, like you know how when you saw, Which I just think that's cool because this is this feels effective. That's so right. The, so the idea that it can somehow get better,
2: I, I think I think it's interesting that an American movie does that stuff better because i feel like it is
0: america's or no i ma- think i think or no Liam, are you're you saying, saying that- the the original does it better yes yeah oh sorry i misunderstood He's saying you it gets even better than this okay because like we're stoked and liam's saying it bro you don't well, even know and so my <laughs> issue is
1: that after seeing it be better this doesn't feel all that good to this me. this didn't hit like the i think the hospital immolation sequence both in terms of how we get there who that character is um what we know about them, how they get set on fire. They they kinda they devote much more of a subplot to that in the original. Okay. Um and so it feels a lot more um cathartic and tragic. And then just in terms of like the, the effect that they use in this one, the the way the fire looks, yeah. I think it, it kind of looks laughable. Was, I'm
0: less high on the emulation than Mitch is. I thought it was cool by virtue of Oh shit. Like I just wasn't anticipating Mm -hmm. it. So I was like, wow. Okay. We're hospital rooms are exploding. I think it's
2: great in terms of like the, how the tension mounts in the story and and the pacing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I will Um, say
0: I would agree with the general assessment that it it could have realistically been like anybody like it being her doesn't feel like a huge implication. Um, it, it is essentially just grease on the wheels of getting Elias Cody is closer to the, the conclusion. mm -hmm. Um,
1: yeah, and that's sort of how I feel about a lot of that The Cop subplot, because like you guys, I really like it. I like that actor. I think the scene where he's wandering Abby's apartment and... Uh, getting closer to the bathtub and we, we know she's in the bathtub because we've read her notes saying I'm in the bathroom and so uh, you know it's that idea that like we know the bombs under the table so I think that's a really tense scene but I think that oh, fuck, there's two blankets in well here. we know <laughs> the
2: bomb is under the table the whole time with that police narrative right that's what's so great about it okay
1: yeah well to me i guess after being so familiar with that ride and knowing um it's not going to hit the 20th time no it's not going to hit whereas the subplots that take up that time instead in the original still 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 hit because there's a lot more character work being done in them whereas this doesn't feel like much character work it's just kind of a, a typical you would see in 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 most uh most hollywood movies where it's like there's going to be a good cop looking to to solve a crime
0: in this movie feels like significantly dedicated to owen Mm -hmm. and then and then abby and then like there's a pretty significant step before you get to anybody else in terms of um time spent unpacking who that person is a lot of the rest of it's like alluded to or deemed kind of irrelevant, um, and that I think is probably going to feel more apparent uh, if there's a a version that approaches it differently to contrast it with. Um, I I would have been curious to get a little bit more of the mom. To be honest,
2: yeah, I mean, I, I like yeah. that she's I like that she's not much of a figure in this. I like like. I think that uh, the way that so many of the characters are um, ambiguous is is, is yeah. well, adds it, to it. Right? It
0: underscores the isolation that Owen has. Yeah. But it's, I think that the movie's very clear that like the influence that she's having on him is like. Is huge. And also causing him problems. Yeah. So I wouldn't have hated to maybe have like one other scene yeah, at least I, of just like her and him like interacting with each other. Sure. To like. You know, and get it, it, more of it's,
2: that. It's clear that she obviously like cares for him I, but I think it's... She's
0: evangelical psycho brain. It,
2: it's so easy to overwrite a character like that.
0: Yeah. I think in this case they they probably underdid it a, a smidge but I, I'm i still saying it works. I'm not saying it doesn't work. I'm just saying like I would have been curious to see what they did with more.
2: I think the fact that it leaves you wanting more... Um, right. It's is easier it to fuck up if you give it to makes it much. more uh, effective. Um, and i think it's easier to to project onto that um whatever you whatever you want and i think it adds to like the the mystery of the film uh the fact that there's there is less less is more um in this case
0: i could have taken a scene What's that? Is it I could have taken a scene? Yeah, but one scene I, I wouldn't. See I can't that.
1: imagine another scene in this movie because they're so committed to the bit of not showing the mother at all. Yeah, and it's yeah. just this idea the whole way through that we don't see the mother on camera. Yeah. We just get that they she's have like religious. One conversation, yeah, yeah. Um, and it was
0: about him eating dinner.
1: Yeah. Um. So I think yeah they they were making their statement there. Um. And I yeah I, I think it's a bit of a, it's it's. It's. I think it's a bit of an oversimplification. Even though I. I do think. I do think it works. Um. But I just feel like I. have seen in a good amount of stories like a kid who is. Uh, um. The parent just like isn't really around. Um. And the the bully yeah, dad, gets it, bullied, and so that's why the he's the bully. Yeah. yeah.
2: And I like that they don't really show her. Um. Being that like steadfast in her beliefs in the scenes that we do have everything that we get is secondhand it's 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 left in notes or it's it's or the tv was on a sermon or something yeah or it's the father saying this or that because i think it's easy to to write that mom into being like carrie's mom or something and i think that that would just take away from the whole film because it's not a it's not about that relationship but also that relationship has
0: spends so much time with that
2: carrie is a is a mother it's about is a mother daughter film yeah i will uh, say i taken to extremes
0: yeah i do think with the bully uh i i did think it was a little lame when the brother shows up and is just a bigger asshole somehow and it's like the bully can just be an asshole how
2: do we feel about like, that about that pool ending we haven't discussed
0: that scene um to be honest i'm not like obsessed with it um, it struck me as a little sort of forced and, 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 and
2: I think you, you see it coming from like a mile. Like the I didn't,
0: that's, I was like, I was like, what the fuck? Well, I was like,
2: I think like you see like that mounting tension with the bullies coming and I think you see how it's going to be resolved and that's probably not going to be by him.
0: Um, I, okay. I just hadn't had that thought and then it happened. I was like, Oh, what? My, My, might
2: be because i saw the film a decade ago yeah maybe but.
0: i was tru- truly i was like because i thought realistically where i kind of thought it was going was i thought they were going to make the somewhat bold decision to actually have her walk out of the movie and the let me in implication be that she was let in let out has had an impact on him and the self-defense lesson has already been established and then something was going to happen therein to change How that had played Mm -hmm. out before? You thought he was going to
1: defend himself. Yeah, Mm. I thought
0: so. Um, And to be honest, I think her like Spidey sensing to return and as like psycho vampire killer mode is kind of dumb. Yeah, and and Um, like it's not my favorite part of the movie by a pretty significant margin.
2: Her just like murdering all these teenagers too, I think, is uh, something we can definitely have a discussion about. Like, I don't think you're necessarily meant to feel um bad for them because they're assholes but at the end of the day she does just like murder a bunch of teenage it's boys it's not a triumph cuz like he's yeah. an,
0: he's an asshole but what the movie wants you to take away is like he's an asshole out of circumstance in the way that like Owen is a, a lot of te-
2: and a lot of, of teenage boys are assholes right yeah. like um,
0: it, yeah it's not saying that's a triumph mm-hmm. i did think it was like a little whatever like i didn't mm-hmm. care for it um I will say though that uh, I bet the people who made It Follows saw this movie. <laughs> oh
2: yeah, yeah.
0: Big violent pool climax, like
1: yeah. For, from what I've gathered, uh, just like over the years seeing people talk about uh, this movie, and and maybe in particular the original, is that like the pool scene is the big takeaway. That's most people's. That's that's the moment of the movie. And Wait, I, really? Yeah. And I, I definitely really weird. I definitely feel it less in this movie than in the original.
0: I'm not going to lie. Like, the pool scene didn't hit for me, like, and I'm high on the movie, obviously. Like, it didn't hit really, really at all. Like, I was like, oh, okay, cool. I think
2: it's really well acted. Um, yeah,
0: like, yeah, 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 for sure. Like, I, again, like, I'm not saying it's, like, necessarily, like, bad, mm-hmm. but just, like, I don't love it i don't think it's great Mm -hmm. um and it felt a little ham-fisted to get to the conclusion it was getting to by just doing that but i think Um, it does
2: necessitate like the the ending with why they have to leave right well yeah but like (laughs) so does everything else with the murdered cop
0: yeah like they i you could just as easily say like it didn't need the pool scene at all and it could show that ending yeah like it could it could show her leaving and cut straight to him on a train and it would communicate basically the same thing
1: as it does with the pool scene included um interesting mm-hmm. i i love the sentiment of the pool scene i it makes me want to cry i think it's like so romantic and sick um because i think you're totally you guys are totally right that like did these kids deserve to die realistically argument, no uh, totally and there's <laughs> there's a there's a wrinkle that the original does as well in this scene that's sort of uh um hammers that home a little bit more yeah
0: um i i will say actually just really quick i do think that the way that scene ends i like a lot like when he pulls himself out of the pool and is like choking and like freaking out and just like looks up and then instead of getting her we get his face and like the realization that he's having instead of the rest of it like i like that yeah like there's <laughs> stuff in it that i think is cool yeah but like overall i think i was caught out by it and then it didn't hit for me as well because i was like oh we're doing this is the way that they went and i wasn't anticipating that but um i do totally see what you mean like it the statement of commitment to each other is i will there. kill for you bro yeah when well, you can see how like somebody like richard jenkins gets into this scenario yeah and if well if she done, is
2: doing that kind of a grandiose, violent gesture to to almost rescue him, yeah, I think it like it underpins everything. I think that's that is well, in a way, implica- in yeah. a way, sad about, about the implication the is they ending. were
0: ready to drown him in that fucking pool. Sure, I think like, they might have, right? Um, yeah something tells me they weren't actually going to take his eye out
1: that seemed less likely it seemed much more like yeah would and so and then, so in that case it's like yeah i guess they do deserve it like yeah. even if they were even if uh or the really the brother seemed ready the, the older brother yeah, did yeah. not seem ready but but even then like they're <laughs> they perhaps they're with uncomfortable with it, they it but they were, they're still the gonna the let him die floor. so yeah i mean yeah. maybe they
2: do and, but i think in the same way that like lots of of like teenage boys just like do something uh, stupid or they, or they play along and in, in like a, a bit that is harmful uh, because like their other friends are doing it, but they can't think for themselves. Um,
0: or you feel as though you don't have the agency to the actually agency do, to the do the right so thing. Because you're
2: an idiot. Um I'm not trying to like d- defend them or, or, or say that they're great because I think they're assholes. But, no, we just have experience
0: but, being teenage boys and yeah. have all probably been around something where we're like, well, we probably shouldn't be
1: doing We probably this. shouldn't be doing I it. Never I never drowned a kid. I never drowned
2: like- a kid, right? But, but it's just... Uh, <laughs>
1: i mean my hand wasn't on his head <laughs> i was looking into
0: the pool but like
1: <laughs> okay I, was just, I
0: said i thought it was a bad idea okay. i might have been the
2: one who set the dumpster on fire but i wasn't
0: <laughs> also yeah it is crazy that they had so elaborate a plan it required setting a dumpster fire as a distraction tactic for one guy yeah <laughs> like,
1: yeah, yeah, I guess yeah. You just you just got to buy it, um, but I I and I really love the way that that scene is shot where we stay underwater with Owen the whole time. Some of the CG looks a bit off to me, but as we talk about what it, are I, you think gonna I, do I think I that? like
0: it more than I thought. But my initial reaction was as I described it, mm-hmm. but I think I'm I'm sort of like processing it better now. But my
1: initial reaction was mostly just surprise more than anything. And I'm, and I am with Mitch um, in terms of like what that what that means and like how you can understand how uh, that would and I think you said it, Corey, too. How that would uh, get this get Owen to feel like he uh, he needs to stay with this like person he that, he, that he owes or something. Yeah. Um, and that's one of my favorite things about this story is I've heard so many people. Uh, say how they feel about the ending and i would say that you know a good chunk of those people will say well it's tragic she has just manipulated him she's tricked him and she has into she
0: she does need him or want that service to some extent and so and he's a very malleable impressionable yeah child and you
2: get the impression that she's that she knows that she's
0: not a child no we've established that so
2: there is like this unreliable um, I don't want to say an unreliable narrator, but but she is. She, I don't think that she is necessarily like completely worthy of
0: trust. There's and, 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 selfish. Yeah. Like there's an inherent selfishness that could be there. You know. Like yeah, it's that ultimately boils down to how do you want to interpret that character. Because yeah. <laughs> you can kind of interpret and, it however. You and want. the ending. Yeah, because the, the either, brilliant either most of her gestures are sweet or they're manipulative. And so, I
2: think there's a bit of both. I think the truth is something in between. Well, yeah. I, but. You could say that none of it's actually sweet, but I, I think the film has too much of a sincerity to it that that, that, can't, that can't be. I think the affection can't be, Yeah, and I think that that affection, the fact that she she might actually genuinely really like him, but she knows that she can't be with him. We can't be friends uh, completely, um, even though in the end that they, they do end together. There is this, um, this compatibility there that, that, that doesn't really work. Like, they can't be truly compatible. Well,
1: way. the way that they could be, and the novel goes into this a bit more, um, I think it's the way that the, the author feels and, and probably feels that this actually is a happy ending, that she's not manipulating him, is if she just turns him into a vampire, they're equal.
0: Yeah. But if, the, if that's, but what, but
1: he that's wants, it, what he vitally,
0: wants. And the movie doesn't. And maybe mm-hmm. she
2: does let, maybe she lets him in. Yeah, could be. I don't mean in that sense, Corey. Don't look at me like that. Oh, I wasn't. Okay. <laughs> no.
0: no, I meant like that's an interesting idea. Yeah. Because uh, I like how much we've discussed like m- title meaning implications because there's a lot. But yeah, I mean, I think if the movie implied that that's what was likely, that's an interesting other way to read yeah. it. I don't think the movie implies one or the other. Um. I think one thing I that, don't think this movie does, maybe, you know.
2: One thing that I like one scene that I really like is when they go on their date, right? And he wants to like buy her things and kind of seem like, okay, like I'm the the dude. I'm the dude. big shot. I stole gonna, twenty dollars oh on my mom. Yeah. I'm, I'm, now I'm gonna show you I everything worth worth showing and here's uh, Miss Pac-Man. Uh, Do you wanna puke yeah, in the parking lot uh, later? On some hand, I think that she's like obviously lived a, a sheltered existence, but there is kind of something funny about that like young machismo, being like, "I, all right, I'll my, show you. I'll my, show you things. My small
0: town has nothing to offer. Here's Miss Pac-Man. Yeah. Are you
1: wowed?
2: Yeah, there is, there is something really sweet. It's de- there's an about of, that.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I think that's this is also one of my favorite scenes in both movies um, I do like it a lot just <laughs> this idea I love that she she you know she doesn't want to eat the candy yeah and she's been, she's, around, a she's been around she's been
2: around for presumably forever like she's she's probably seen it all and he's like oh, let me show you yeah y- y-
1: I think you could see it on her face in yeah. this one as she's showing
2: him
0: She's sort of like bemused like, <laughs> yeah like she's like yeah dude fucking crazy
1: yeah. like, <laughs> I, um, I remember
2: vaudeville like what the fuck is this dude
1: i, I remember like the french revolution yeah. like, <laughs> and i i don't think that the movie leans very far into the idea that she's manipulating him i think it, it plays it much more straight as a love story but i think that is one of the scenes where you can pretty easily read that she is kind of uh check there's uh, this generational she, she's just trying to to get him uh endeared to her but then it because it also works both ways as a, as a teen and even now when she says she doesn't want the candy and then kind of sees how that's disappointed him and says she's try she'll try it i think that's
0: one of the sweetest
1: fucking things i've ever I seen agree. Mm-hmm. i
0: i loved that because like we know she can't eat food she's a vampire and i do like that it just cuts to like immediate consequences mm-hmm. but i think that speaks more to like the inherent the curse sweetness of the curse of, of, the of vampirism but also the the sweetness of the gesture. Yeah. Like she's like, this is gonna suck. I can't eat it. I don't want to eat it. it I will,
2: can't. En- it
1: will mean a lot to him if I eat it.
2: I can't enjoy the things you do.
1: But I'll try. Yeah. Yeah. And then so then it just depends. Like, what way does the viewer read it? Do you read that? As- I bet I know how Tumblr read it. <laughs> is she is she doing that? Um, just because she is planting the seeds to get him interested in her and, and, can and have a new caretaker or does she really like this dude because yeah she's been 12 for a long time but i think the idea is that like her brain has also stayed 12 she, can, she can gain some wisdom yeah, world but, but she's still a
0: kid yeah she's seen a lot of stuff theoretically but i do think they they do they never imply that she is like operating at like a dramatically different like cognitive level or like like
2: or not that you would know
0: yeah and then that does get into a whole different angle of like if she is obviously this is a little sinister and that apparent, amb- like, that
2: ambiguity is i think what makes the film really um it's compelling it's yeah, yeah yeah um what yeah. A, what a picture
0: and like if he grows up does it stop mattering <laughs> like at that point or, like is mm-hmm. it still bad like I don't know. She's fucking eats people. Like there are other problems in this world. Vampires are real. Like, um. Yeah. Uh, I was really uh struck by the movie though. Like maybe if you ask me in six months, I might walk back like top ten best we've ever seen. But
1: sorority row will reclaim its place. Yeah,
0: but I mean, uh, it's, it's up there. At the very least, like it, I truly had a great time watching this movie. Oh, it was and a And I yeah. like it a lot. Mm-hmm. And even if the other one's better, which it might be, we'll see. Um, is that going to stop me from liking this a lot? And I, I think that even if the the original is like leaps and bounds, like this experience I had with this movie right now matters. And I think that that's cool for sure. Um, absolutely because it said something to me now even if the original will say something different and better to me later yeah Uh, which is sort of what you're having
2: but that's a story for another episode well
0: yeah i think this might yeah this might be the first time we might have to do a full revisit comparison kind of episode i don't know if that'll take
1: place of a regular one or if it'll be like a bonus or what but i think we have to I, I would love it, yeah, because I, I am finding it a bit hard to talk about some aspects we of We want to be able to movie. unpack this in fullness, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. and um, I think this is the most eager we've all sounded to make sure we all saw the original.
2: Yeah, that's a good point.
0: And I think that means maybe we should. What did we say at the beginning of this episode? If not, let's try new stuff in 2024. This would be new to us. I haven't done that. I think it's worth a try yeah what the hell um i don't know and that said uh we don't know when that will happen Mm -hmm. but you know what let's say we'll do it yeah let's say we're doing that and maybe it'll be in like two weeks and maybe it'll be in like 14 Mm -hmm. i'm not sure but we'll get to it that's a guarantee that's a that's a tmao promise yeah
2: you can take that to the bank.
0: Never broken one of those except for that time we missed two weeks of promised weekly episodes.
2: We break promises all the time but this listener is one we will keep.
1: Yeah. So do you guys read this movie as a tragedy or as a sincere love story? I think Mitch.
2: that I've already been kind of clear with how I feel about Mitch's it. It's a tragedy. I read it as a tragedy but I think that it's also um, there is a genuine affection there and a romance but I, I think that um, the the elephant in the room is the fact that she's like a, a a vampire and has to has to like live forever and and he can't and she'll rely on him and i've talked about this kind of s- the the cyclicality of like the of the narrative and so i think that there is like genuine love and attraction but at the same time uh, my read is that it's a, a tragedy. I was I was struck within the ending how differently I felt about it when I saw it this time versus the last.
1: So you think that she is like kind of like playing him, uh,
2: to a degree, S- 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 to a, to I a degree, yeah,
1: like a vampire bloodsucker. I think it? you
2: I think you kind of have to think that she's playing him to a
1: degree. Um, maybe you don't feel that way. I. I know how I feel in terms of what I understand the story in full to be, but where I struggle is trying to figure out what this movie thinks and what it is actually trying I to communicate. I think the movie
0: is maybe so dedicated to its ambiguity that it doesn't really know if it has an outright opinion. Um, though I think the movie's ultimate conclusion is positive. I think the movie... Wants you to walk away feeling good about that.
2: Yeah, I think like the movie's ending, I think has an outward kind of uh, positivity, but you yeah, you also the 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 sadness underneath it. I think you can't be missed either. Yeah, you know? but
0: if I had to pin one or the other on this movie, I would pin it as more positive mm-hmm. than not. I also think that I think I'm like, hmm. but
2: like, how do you how do you equate like the the human suffering that's going to. Uh, you know come from this this union right like the because the, the, the if we toll look, at, if we look at
0: his parents and their divorce in the plan yeah. of their own relationship every relationship invokes some degree of human suffering uh, for so sure but so this, there's this, a tragedy this... to all of it but what i think more is what i mean because i don't think it's just like an outright slam dunk success story mm-hmm. but i think the sweetness is intentional mm-hmm. and i think that naiv naivety aside that that's what owen wants and that's what abby wants sure and you can have the argument about whether it's what he it thinks he overly wants manip- yeah but or it is what he wants like you're not yeah him, i'm not him. Know? like I, like we have no indication that he's he feels as though he's been manipulated right um and he certainly didn't seem happy where he was he wasn't but so, you, you said
2: it yourself that she's the incarnation of evil
0: well i said that <laughs> i said that he thought that Because he was calling his dad, asking about evil, and she's a vampire, and the Bible would tell you that that's a demon and that that's bad. Um, I don't know if I literally think that as a viewer, um, just for clarity's sake. Okay. Um, I don't think that. uh, I think that the tragedy is apparent, but I choose to interpret it sweetly.
2: Yeah, and I think I think that there's, ignoring, a, there's a lot of sweetness without there.
0: ignoring the grimness, but yeah. I think I just think it's sweet.
2: I'm not I'm not denying that it's it's sweet either. Yeah, so that's why I said um, inverse of yours
0: yeah. where it's like I'm I'm privileging the the sort of thoughtfulness of the yeah. of the affection over the other bit, but it's both there. Yeah. Like that's a 12-year-old kid carrying a trunk with a with a person in it on a train. That probably sucked. <laughs> also yeah. the the guy on the train be like, "Yo, kid, is that fucking trunk yours?" You're 12. You got a huge ass trunk, like some sort of freaking Victorian
2: magician. steamer trunk, right? Yeah. Again, like the little details.
1: Yeah, I think, um, I'm more in the camp of it being sincere from Abby's perspective and, uh, her actually finding a kindred person that she wants to be with. And I think, if, if anything, I think she, um, she and owen would be comfortable being vampires together and but i think it's if, if they're it's, vampires together if it's if it's another richard jenkins that's right and it could be it could be yeah, and, and we and don't know this movie kind of suggests that it could be and well and that decision's
0: all to, up to her right like if she soured on richard jenkins later and then's like i don't want to be a vampire with you
1: forever like that's
0: her decision mm-hmm. like
3: yeah
1: yeah, and I like I like how this this movie and the original has this wondering because I I do the 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 original is very ambiguous as well. Um, yeah. Though it it does very importantly have a, a few more instances that give me a little window into how certain characters are feeling, which I really appreciate and which I am missing in this movie because without them, it communicates to me. That the the director, the director writer is like a little bit, um, is a little bit confused yeah, or un- uncertain as to how he wants to commute and things. I don't think he's being intentionally ambiguous. I think he's just sort of. It's a lack of conviction muddying in his it. own assessment. Yeah, like yeah. very importantly, and we'll talk about this on the sequel episode, but uh, on on Are They Made Another One for uh, of podcasts. We're finally doing episode. it, folks. Yeah, I think
2: the fact that, like, we're having this discussion means that, like, I think the ending in it is, like, perfect. But, mm. um, you know, the fact that there's this much, like, nuance and layers and room for interpretation means that it's just, like, a, a great movie. We all watch the same movie, but we walk away with different conclusions. And that's great.
1: That's true, yeah. I just, I worry, I th- I, I'm just wondering, like, if h- how much of that is... Uh intended yeah and how much of it is matt reeves just be just like sort of washing his hands of needing to make a call that's exactly it yeah um whereas i
0: think it's more compelling ultimately if matt reeves does make a call and the movie says definitively or more definitively mm -hmm. like i the guy that made this think it's this and to circle back to our discussion about the title change you could lean into the deliberateness of that decision in how you end the movie
1: Mm -hmm. yeah manipulation station
0: yeah or not Mm -hmm. like because it can either be manipulation station and like it was a ruse or it can be like a mutual decision by both parties to yeah let them in
2: but even even when like a director does come out and say this is my this is what i think happened or this is what i was going for yeah, you, i feel like after you've made the movie and you've let it out and it's r- out there for interpretation I, I feel like that what the director was going for doesn't even really matter sometimes like once the film's yeah taken you, you life can of disagree yeah you know i feel like so I, I listen to some of the great directors i like talk about their movies and i disagree with them and they're the ones who made the fucking movie so i don't know
1: yeah that's a good yeah it's a totally Totally good point. I guess I definitely don't want him to come out and say what he intended mm-hmm. with the film. What I would prefer is that I, I wish I knew from the film a bit more about what he in, intended. Nah. More of, more of his... More. I should talk into the microphone. More of his
0: take in it directly. I, I think it's better that we don't. But that's
2: and, just me.
1: No, nah, that's totally fair. And, uh, and in... In the instances where I think he could have inserted a bit more of of what he thinks, and it doesn't, and it seemingly seemingly doesn't, that could also be him intentionally just making the decision. uh, Like, he is indicating something that I... uh, Like, he might be indicating there that it's manipulation station, when I would anticipate him... indicating there that it's that it's a love story and so it reads to me as if he's not making a decision when he's just making the opposite decision that i would think like like case in point um him changing the dialogue to be the bully calling him a little girl i i i would have said and i still might say that that this movie uh isn't as concerned with gender and yet there's an example of him putting a bit more gender into the movie um right so that, that that gives me pause. And, and the really big one that I'm just dying to talk about, and I'll just put it out as a teaser for listeners in case yeah. they've seen both movies, just so so they'll know, but I won't spoil it for the you guys. The talking dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why did they take the the right talking they, dog out of the original? Why did they take Bruno the talking dog out of Let Me In? <laughs> I know. He was down at Weenie Hut Jr.'s and he was singing. Yeah. Um, is he the dog that gets eaten in this he, movie? He raps in <laughs> AI
0: SpongeBob voice. Yeah.
1: That dog is actually voiced by Tim Allen in Let the Right One In. <laughs> um he's doing he's, he's performing in Swedish. Ruh-ruh. At the at in the tunnel scene when Abby uh murks that dude. Yeah. If if listeners have seen both movies just think about how that scene ends in the original and how does it end in this movie? That bothers me. Bothers and that and you. it makes me think that in this movie, uh, Matt Reeves doesn't understand the characters that he is working with, and and so it's it feels like he is he is there muddying the idea of uh, the, muddying the idea that that he knows what he's what he that he understands these characters and kind of knows who he's working so with. So you don't like the tunnel scene here. I don't, I don't know
2: if muddying things shows a lack of understanding, though. I just think it It. It. it might be, in, in an instance, um, stripping things away
0: and and though minimizing I, things. But I don't think it shows a lack of understanding. Though I think if the original is very clear-eyed, then that could be frustrating as a viewer. Oh, for sure. To just be like, if you're going to remake something that has a foundational clarity of vision, it's not inherently compelling to lack clarity of vision um in redoing it sure
2: okay i mean i have to rewatch the original we one. have to have this conversation again we'll have this, again, we'll have this conversation line. again yeah um anywhere else to go from here
0: i just i'm i'm trying to think about the full progression of the tunnel scene in my head right now just the some
2: like, dudes just make fitness their entire personality you know
0: <laughs> the guy has the audacity to run somewhere
2: david bowie and fitness
0: that's and all. pick up a girl but not like that.
1: <laughs> like physically. Um, do we want to call it there? Because obviously we're going to... D- yeah, we this we, was a great chat. we, know and we have and more to say. I'm looking forward to chatting about it more. Because after you guys see the original, you know, it'll also be just like an extended episode of this. Like we'll talk yeah. a bunch more about the again. remake. If you've
2: so. listened this far, I love you.
0: Oh, wow. This is longer
2: than I thought. We've been here for like three hours. No. Well, we're not talking, but like... Actually, no, we haven't. Okay, <laughs> I can't. I can't tell time. We've been oh, here. nearly three hours. No, we we 10. have
0: been physically here, like physically between your doorstep and right now, three hours. Yeah, but you know, but
2: we took we took our sweet time getting started.
0: A little bit of I'm
1: not complaining. Agoyan talk. Oh, That's, yeah, that was a lot of this. Don't, this was,
2: don't cut a word of that. No, 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 good.
1: This was really good. There's a lot more I want to say, so I'm definitely down for sequel talk and like because there's even still just so much in even in this version that we we didn't talk about we like barely even talked about like the kids and their performances what we felt about that i know and actually i just thought that
0: and i know we're rapping and i I know it's like pragmatic to rap just for our lives because it's like 10 p.m Uh, i'm just gonna say i think they're both great i'm just gonna make that clear
2: i think everyone's great
0: i do i think basically everyone is great i think dylan minette is the most hateable motherfucker of all time in this movie Mm -hmm. and it's awesome like he sucks he's such a dick for no reason and it's great (laughs) the
1: reason is that he's been bullied yeah well so was (laughs) i
0: and i didn't hit anybody in the head with anything um but no i uh I feel like we need to talk about the performance now, but we've promised a follow-up, so we'll have to do it then. Yeah, we'll do it. But I think that... what I'll, I'm going to say one last thing about those, which is that um, I think both Cody Smith-McPhee and Chloe Grace Moritz uh, do a really good job in quiet moments and small gestures communicating a lot about who they are despite being 12. Mm-hmm. I would give them a lot of credit for that. Yeah. Um, but we'll get to it in the now promised part two. We'll try to do it sooner rather than later. Right. Cause I think this has to be fresh in the mind for you guys. Yeah, Short of needing to watch it again. Like I'd say, a, I know I'm month. giving us a fairly big window of time here, but like we'll see if we can do it like before March. Okay. We've got a, we've got a deadline now. Cause like it's early January. And then we'd have like two months to try to get it get it down. Yeah,
2: I won't be around for a lot of April, so let's let's get to it.
0: Yeah, so like at the very least before that. Yeah, but yeah,
2: so but but it's just you and I next week. Yeah. So uh, what, are you guys wh- doing? what are What are we
0: doing? I don't know. I would just general because it's been a while. And spin, I the spin the
2: wheel.
1: Spin the wheel. You down? Yeah, just spin it. <laughs> this general will. This general spin will also determine Happy. whether I will record an in the field submission uh to send to you guys or to say fuck it or to <laughs> say fuck it i'm not watching happy new Jingle year all Spend the way the through wheel. you
0: what are we at it's probably uh, like 300 and
1: something i mean on mine i've got i added some stuff the other night uh, movies that are coming out this year okay that aren't even out yet but i just want to keep in mind but uh so i'll take those Bottom out for a to second tops like we like maxine come on that's gonna be sick oh, that's uh, so I guess we're at three oh four. Well we'll have Wait, to Maxine do, is that
2: is that uh It's the X Pearl. It's the X one, yeah, that's what I thought. Oh fuck yeah. No, yeah. That'll be cool. Well, I think we should do Pearl too.
0: Yeah, I'm down. Uh, Pearl I, two is Maxine, bro. <laughs> no, I really I really liked Pearl. Also, well just really quick. Big money, no skeletons three to one spin. Whoops, whoops, I misclicked twice. Wow. There we go.
1: I also wanna give myself Holy I boy. wanna also before we say it diplomatic I wanna immunity. give myself the the ability to say you guys aren't doing that next week. I need to be there. Okay, but that yes. might not happen. No,
0: yeah, like if we got something of Let Me In's caliber, yeah. and you were like, I'm not missing that, hundred percent. Can okay. I
2: also get an executive veto clause in case <laughs> <laughs> it's really fucking? Sure, ass? sure. you yeah, can sure. tell okay. we've all been okay. so okay. harmed by the thirty-eight. Geno. Okay,
0: it's okay. early. Okay. That's Just, what, what caught my eye. Is it's early? I
2: have one silver bullet and to kill this us, beast. If it's bad,
0: you,
1: is it bad? This is.
0: Are you calling
1: it? God you- exists. I don't. I don't know if you can do this next week. God exists. <laughs> because what is it? Wait a second. Okay, I know what I meant by this. Because I was just thinking, how did I put down at thirty-eight a movie that comes out next week? <laughs> 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 but now I realize what I did. What did you do? What I wrote at thirty-eight when we shortly after we started the podcast is Mean Girls Two. What is that? It's a sequel to Mean Girls. It was direct a direct-to-video version of Mean Girls. It was a direct-to-video sequel of Mean Girls that came out about a decade ago. And the reason I was confused is that Mean Girls the musical the musical movie. comes out in and a it, week. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if you guys want to do. Mean so Girls there's room too. for
2: interpretation here.
1: There's room for interpretation. In I mean, that I don't particularly. That's never
0: stopped me with the genre, but like, I don't particularly want to. But like, that calls up to Mitch.
2: Uh, let's say silver bullet. But You're we have a bulleting? but we have a resuscitator on hand oh just in case.
1: What's thirty seven and thirty nine? God, I was in such an insane mood. Thirty seven is Daddy Daycare two. Fuck off! Wow, thirty nine. Thirty nine is a movie I think you mentioned earlier in the pod. Now you see me too.
0: I did mention that earlier in the pod. because uh, the same guy I believe edited <clears throat> it.
1: My instinct for Mean Girls two is that. It means the direct-to-video one. That's what that means, of course, because that's the only version that existed right. when I wrote that. I think instinct was do the new one. Well, because the, the, that's what I thought it meant. I would love to be there for the, the, the Mean Girls, the musical. So, yeah. I, so I, you guys shouldn't do it next week. And now that Mean Girls, uh, the musical exists, we don't ever need to do Mean Girls Because The reason I put that on so was sp- that it was in the Mean Girls franchise. So spin again. I'm gonna spin from 38 again. Spin again with uh.
2: My silver bullet's gone.
1: W- yeah. With the oh god, the Eddie. promise to listeners <laughs> that w- that we should do Mean Girls the musical at some point. Whenever you're back. Yeah. Yeah. A much bigger number.
3: Okay.
0: 289. I Can you give us 88 and 90 right. first? I think that could be good. Look at the big old 289? eyes. 289. Yeah, that's correct. <laughs> Fuck. Just, uh, you've never been this visceral in your reaction To the genre Alright
1: so what seems to have happened here Oh my god Is that I wrote down all these movies Probably as you were Doing cast and crew notes and listing Off sequels that sounded Insane <laughs> because I have no idea What any of these three movies Hell are Hell yeah dude okay, right. So I, can, I, I, can so I leave the choice to you guys We can get behind this 288 what we missed right Yeah okay. Witches of Belleville two? No idea. That's awesome. Don't know. No idea. Like Belleville, Ontario. Hopefully, <laughs> you guys might have to do a little bit of googling. Witches before. of Belleville two. Yeah. Witches of Eastwick four. Two ninety is excessive force two. Force, oh, oh, force. force on
0: force. <laughs> we missed it again. No, because we've missed force on force before. Fuck excessive force two force. On, I want to do that. Fuck.
2: <laughs> okay, maybe we have a ladder
1: clause I wanted, too. I
0: want to do that because the title is so funny.
1: We have a ladder clause <laughs> where, wait, where two, you can take a step down. <laughs> <laughs> a step down or a step <laughs> up. What's
0: what's 289.
1: 289 is the Escort 3. What the fuck is I that? that, that is. Ladder clause. Well, hold
0: on. No, no, no. Hold on. Let me Google the Escort 3.
1: We are bastardizing the genera tonight. That's. I think that's 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 our New Year's resolution. We keep the general, but we allow ourselves. We introduce to a silver clause, an elaborate ladder clause. <laughs> um, also a reinterpretation clause with Mean Girls too. Yeah. that means the so musical. Your Honor, I- it's,
0: <laughs> so it's a Jim Wynorski movie. Who's that again? Um. He is sort of like... He's uh, he's the guy who... Famously... Harold Blueberry. Yeah, famously mm. low-budget, sort of gross-sleaze guy, chopping-mall guy. Oh, and Astral. Astral Factor's Yeah, guy. he's the
2: guy who changes his name all
0: the time in yeah. different credits. Okay. Disillusioned, elderly, hard-boiled cop investigates the murder of a businesswoman with connections to a firm that serves as a front for an escort service. Who's in it? When the main suspect... I don't... F- nobody... <laughs> I don't recognize any of these people Hmm. now i am as willing to do the escort three as i am doing excessive force two force on force however it's undeniable that excessive force two force on force is a better name ladder clause you going to. We're committing to excessive force to force on force.
2: If we do this, we set a legal precedent, meaning that we have silver bullet clause and ladder <laughs> no, no, no. clause. hold the fucking phone. You set no, a legal stop, precedent. Stop, stop,
0: stop, stop, stop. <laughs> I object. No. You're on it. No, no, no. Here's what I'm willing to do We always read the ones that we missed. Correct? Uh huh. 288, 290, 289. I am willing. To commit to the latter clause A leftover clause If we all hear something else really close And we're like well we'd obviously rather do that Right I am not willing to do that and an outright veto But I think the latter thing is interesting Because it's the spirit of the genero But it gives us the flexibility to not get jingle all the way What do you mean you're not willing to do that And and an outright veto
2: There's a legal precedent
0: No um, like, I don't want us to be able to just say no, spin again, and then spin again, and then also pick something else every time. Not mm. every
1: time, but there's a legal. There's a there's Stop a, with that. <laughs> y- you're on it. Do
0: you get what I mean? You yeah, so confused. like if
1: we were to spin it and uh, veto what we landed on, and I guess also the two things beside it then if we spin again it has to be what we landed on it can't be either of the things beside it
0: yeah i think so because i think if
1: we if we have both every time like what's the point of the spinning you know what i mean i guess the the point is just that you're giving yourself an option of like six movies instead of uh, instead of one yeah
0: so we'll we'll hash this out as we workshop this legal 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 meeting of the minds now i just want to really quick i know that we need to wrap force on force but I want to Google Excessive Force 2, Force Force Quick to remind everybody that uh, it's a tight 88 minutes. Fuck yeah. And uh, I want to read the plot description again. Uh, this is written by a guy who put his email contact on the IMDb summary like a fucking psycho. <laughs> Do we
2: send him an email?
0: Yes. You yeah. should send him an email. If we you should send him an email. Yeah. <laughs> Stacey Randall plays Harley a special forces agent turned investigator so these are both just investigation movies who arrives on the scene of an apparent mob hit in actuality, she's hunting down her former commanding officer and lover who shot her in the head when she turned out his offer to become part of the freelance assassination squad he was forming. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Ignoring the need for surgery to remove the bullet fragment, which still causes her to have occasional bouts of disorientation, she continues her quest to bring down Lydell before he has the chance to kill a mafia informant being held at a police station.
2: Yeah, yeah, we're doing, I'm in. We're, we're doing that. I'm in. I'm sold.
0: I'm in. Sold. Yeah, I'm down. Let's do that. Liam, I'm sorry
1: you're missing excessive force 2 force on force. I got to tell you I might not even cash in my in the field clause on that one. You might not do I in might the field. not. Yeah, but I But would- I'm glad you guys are excited. I wouldn't.
0: <laughs> I, and I I need to be clear. I wrote that down in the casting crew initially. Because the title was too funny to not write it. I remember. That's the only People reason. People will be
1: able to go back and find the episode where you said I, I that. I don't remember, but yeah. Yeah. It
0: wasn't that long ago. It's only been a couple months. Mm-hmm. Um, excessive Force 2, Force on Force. Mitch, do you have any plugs? It's 10.05. <laughs> nah. We we all work tomorrow. I don't. Well, fuck you. I do. <laughs> I, I work in uh, like nine hours.
2: Good night, sweet prince.
0: I still got to get home. I got to get hit. Liam home. But I gotta get home.
2: As James Mason walks into the ocean.
0: Me,
1: for he's just like me for real.
0: Uh, Liam, do you have anything you'd like to plug?
1: Okay. Um, plugs. I've got a, a a film, Watching Alter Ego, Graham the Haunted Marshmallow, on Twitter and Letterboxd. My username is Graham the Mallow. I have a uh, Weezer podcast where I talk about the band Weezer and their <laughs> albums. It's called In the Weeds with Weezer, the Little Bitches podcast. You guys put up a cover recently.
0: Did we? Didn't you? I thought I saw a video of like you guys doing a cover. Huh. You're, you're drumming, I thought.
1: Wow, I didn't know that was out. It's out. Damn. <laughs> cool. Watch Liam play drums. Uh, I guess in that we're we're <laughs> covering the song "Crab" off the Green album. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, or at least I saw
0: at the very least I saw a snippet of it on Instagram, if not the full thing. But like I saw it. Cool.
1: And uh, I also have a band that I'm, I'm more confident in what is out. The output. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure I know everything that's out from that band called Guest Room Status on Spotify and Apple Music and Bandcamp and all that. Uh, I have another podcast called MK PodQuest. We are about to start um, our new
0: miniseries Jeff Rovenstock where we read the Mortal Kombat novel written by Jeff Roven. <laughs> Um, and uh, that's just sort of a fun wink and a nod gag if you're a long time listener. Um, that's MK PodQuest on all your podcast services. We also talk about various Mortal Kombat ephemera. And perhaps most importantly, we twice over watched the TV show Mortal Kombat Conquest. Um, if you go to mortalcombatconquest.ca you can find a bunch of other podcast stuff there, including that and also some social medias. You can find me on Twitter and letterboxed now at a pastel heart they fixed it they let me change my name god bless them and uh that's it that's all i that's all i want to say uh because i don't remember what else we do And i'm it's late and my laptop's gonna die uh thank you all once again for listening to this episode of they made another one you can find us all over the internet on instagram at they made another which is all one word and on letterbox at tmao You can find us on all your podcast services, including Spotify and Apple Music, as well as Google Podcasts and all that stuff. Leave us a written review. Leave us a numbered review, preferably five stars if you want to be cool about it. Tell us about your friends. Tell your friends about us is what I meant to say, but you can also tell us about your friends if you want. You can do as an email at tmaopodcasts at gmail.com with recommendations for future episodes, questions, comments, and anecdotes about your friends. Speaking of friends, our fantastic thumbnail art is done by our friend, Jade Dickinson, who you can find on Instagram at jade sketches. And with all that out of the way, Excessive Force 2, Force on Force, next fucking week. Oh, um, they made another one? uh <laughs>